This is Radio Free Istvan. The following public service announcement is direct from the Praetorian. Do not look directly at the Black God machines. Any dreams of paradise should be duly ignored and combat stims taken immediately. Remember, all defectors will be shot on sight. Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio First Fan listeners, and welcome to episode 173 of the Radio First Fan podcast, a horse heresy wargaming podcast. My name is Michael. I got my co-host, powerful Derek here. Let's see what's going on, Derek. You almost said Tyler, didn't you? I do it all the time on the other <laughs> podcast where I try not to say Derek, but it's a it's a it's a mental game because like this it, when I almost say it, I'm like, wait, which one? It's so Derek. now you just ingrained that little. Let me just do a quick check, make sure I'm going to get the right. Yeah, do you make see sure I'm in the right podcast? Right, <laughs> you saw me look at you real quick. Like, wait, <laughs> Derek. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. <laughs> I always try. We, we like to have fun. Uh, what's going on, everybody? And we have a special episode for you guys today. Demons, demons, D- this close to actually, I just realized they released demons in October. Yeah, spooky. I get yeah. it now. Okay, good job, good and, job, and James. They are truly scary for anybody who uh, plays demons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> these rules are terrifying if you're playing under them. <laughs> it's an unfortunate event, but it's okay. Uh, but we do have a very special episode for you guys. Uh, we are definitely going to go over the demons. Yeah, what the to expect. Horse heresy demons and what they mean to you and seeing them across the battlefield. Not much. Yeah, and it, and it kind of seemed like... Uh, I will talk about it when we yeah, get there. We'll get into it. Uh, we do have some things we are going to also go over. We're going to go over some voicemails. We're going to get some spooky voicemails for all of our excellent <laughs> listeners out there who decided to... Hook us up with those spooky stories, just like we asked. Love you guys. Uh, we have some updates we want to give you guys. We're going to go over some hobby progress, what we've been working on, and then we'll casually slide into some demons and bring in some yeah, demon we'll stuff. Just crack open that rift and see what falls out. Yeah, it's a good time. It's going to be a great time. We got Spoopy on the board over there. She's yeah. going to do a do us all proud. Maybe even do some sleeping. So, uh, just want to go ahead and bring y'all in with some news, some updates on what's going on. Uh, Big news, big thing I want to update you guys on is powerful, powerful BB Miniatures. BB Miniatures uh, did release a How to Paint White Scars Space Marines of the Horse Heresy YouTube video for all of you Rady Freest Vanist listeners. Uh, We did have a vote in the Discord on what legion he should paint, and he made this tutorial video for you guys with a... Powerful, powerful white scar in Mark Six armor. It's very, very cool. Mm, iconic, iconic, and uh, didn't drill his barrel. Ooh. That is not a oh. drilled barrel. <laughs> uh oh, that is a painted barrel that looks like it's drilled. Could have fooled me. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that crazy? That looks that looks stellar. It was the topic of conversation. Like you have this beautiful white model, like crisp, like clear white. Just this smooth, <laughs> smooth shaded white. And that barrel is not not drilled. It is painted to look like it is drilled. That's next level. That is unnecessary, you freak of nature. <laughs> Why wouldn't you just drill it? I will drill my barrel. <laughs> Stop showing off. You already won. It's the- actually not even a 3D model. That's actually a uh, two-dimensional <laughs> representation. That's just free-handed. It's a postcard. <laughs> 
actually drawn, drawn on the sidewalk in chalk to look like it's just standing up three-dimensionally. Absolutely. Powerful BB Miniatures, guys. He runs the Pro Palette. Yes. Uh, so if you guys are looking to up your hand painting game, uh, I get, well, not hand painting, I guess a brush painting game, yeah. uh, go check out the Pro Palette. Uh, it's a, a subscription fee per month. Uh, but it gets you access to a Patreon, his oversight. It's a whole bunch of things it gives you access to uh, that helps you move your painting to the next level. Lots of insight, lots of cool, cool techniques he'll teach you. It gives you a full library of a number of videos that are outside the realm of your normal painting videos you'll find on YouTube. It just takes that next level. And they're long-form videos. It's not like the Duncan Rhodes where it's like, all right, let me put this color down. The color's on. And yeah. It's like, now your turn. It's yeah, a, none of that uh, baking show magic. It's like, okay, you do this. We've got one already prepared. It should look like this after, you know. No, no, no. It is uh, full. take you through the whole process. It is full long-form. And one of my favorite parts about him is you get to see him make oopsies while he's painting. And how he fixes them there. And, like, he'll, you know, up. This, we went over the edge on this one, which I do all the time, right? And so he fi- shows you how to fix that, how he handles those situations, gets himself out of uh, out of problems, out of issues. It's it's excelente. And that's that's huge because that's part of the process. Like, oh, yeah, I know that I can just go back and neaten up with the last color, but what is what does that mean? And then he takes you through it and, you know? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful... I, uh, this year was my big push to become a better brush painter because I can airbrush with the best of them. You know, I can do a ton of airbrush work, no problem. Uh, but when it comes down to actual putting brush to model, I felt like I was lacking behind a little bit on that one. Uh, so that's when I swapped up the full painting line. I moved over to Monument Hobbies Pro Acryl. Love them. Right. Coupon code R5 for 10% off. <laughs> yeah, coupon code R5, 10% <laughs> off. Uh, we are a monumental. Uh, and immediately I was looking for different paint services. Obviously, there's Cult of Paint. There's uh, uh, Little Legend Studios. They do their painting classes. I joined both of them already. I was already in both of them. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Powerful, Powerful uh, BB Miniatures from the Pro Palette. I went into him. He actually was in our Discord showing off this like <laughs> insane Horus he had just painted with for Jonathan. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was like, man, this guy's a really good painter. He's like, oh, I offer classes. Like, yeah, let me jump in that. So uh, one of the first uh, first classes I've ever like signed up for and diligently watched. And, and I feel like it did increase my painting. Oh, yeah. Anybody who wants to see can just check out your TikTok and just see the kind of crazy stuff you're throwing down. It's a good time. It's a good time. So some other news, some other updates. We do currently have uh, two painting competitions going on uh, in the Discord. If you want to join the Discord, go to WarhammerDiscord.com. Hop into our Discord, and uh, uh, there's two painting competitions, totally sponsored and funded by our powerful, powerful Patreon providers, our Patreon supporters. Uh, they, they are the reason why these happen. Uh, the first painting competition, the, uh, the, the October monthly painting competition, the October monthly painting competition. We have the, the, the theme is the darkness, the dark, the, the dark. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Specifically the dark. Yeah. However you interpret that, it can be a dark model. It could be a spooky model. 
crazy shading going on. It can be however you, it's up to your own interpretation. We didn't want to force somebody's like paint a space marine chaplain, right? We wanted to <laughs> allow a normal a, a, a broad range of interpretation for this. I know there's like some Lord of the Rings miniatures going on this month. Yeah. There's all sorts of stuff, different things that are going into the dark. We have a number of entries. Uh, this month we are doing first, second, and third place on that one. So really look forward to seeing what kind of those entries push through. And then as per popular vote from the Discord, we did also bring in an Orktober category for yeah. for if you happen to have Orc models and you want to rip the, rip up an Orc model and paint it up to your best possible ability, we also have a Orc challenge this month. So in single Orc miniature, whatever you want to do. I think a dude did a whole Orc army. Oh man! Just you know, my entry is one wa. <laughs> One wall, please. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, did you see uh, JD posted up that uh, epic? Yeah, the, the, I think the Spleen Ripper. Yeah, the epic Spleen Ripper. <laughs> like it was the size of a penny. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, good job. Have fun. Yeah, I was just looking at that, actually. This little guy. Yeah, tiny little baby. <laughs> so a lot of things going on this month for, uh, uh, for orcs. So... Uh, Apparently, Orcs got something big going on this month. I don't know. Something, something to do with that. I don't know. <laughs> so, oh, I yeah. did want to announce that for you guys. Uh, do you have any other announcements you want to give? Um, not that I can think of. All right, cool. So I'm forgetting something huge, but no, no, I, no. I do that sometimes. Yeah, I'm just thinking. I, I'm trying to think because there's a lot going on this month, like painting competition wise. Like I'm in. There's a TikToker called Neath Miniatures. Yeah, he's doing until the 31st. You paint up a pink space marine for him on TikTok, okay. Neath Miniatures, and he's offering a $75 prize. It's uh, judged by Galloway Paints and a lot of different uh, uh, TikTok painters out there. That's cool. So for like breast cancer awareness? I believe so. That's what's up. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe it's just pink. I don't know. It's it's a pink space brand. I painted up mine. I went for the like Traverion look, which is like super. Well, I'll talk about it during my hobby progress, but I'm in that one. So cool little shout out, powerful Neath Miniatures. Uh, he's one of the guys that like took me in like under his wing, like a baby on TikTok, you know. And we're like, I was just child, small boy, <laughs> lost in the woods. He showed me the <laughs> the light to get out of the woods. So shout out powerful Neath Miniatures. I will definitely support that guy. He's super super cool dude. Hell yeah. Uh so but yeah. So those are our updates. Uh go check that out. Go check out those painting competitions. Lovely. I think it was like my big thing this year was like hopping into painting competitions, having fun. Uh we'll talk about another painting competition I er, I entered during uh uh during my hobby section. But yeah. yeah. It's been a good time this month. Love to hear it. So you wanna hop into some voicemails? Yes, I would love to hop into some voicemails. All right. So let's go ahead and I'll pull this one up. If you want to give them the old numero to call in yes. to leave their own voicemail. If you've got a voicemail, you can give us a call at 361-265-8658 and leave us a voicemail. We'll play it live on air. If you don't want to call because of some kind of long distance issues, you can send us a video or a uh, an audio file over Discord, Facebook Messenger, however you want to get in, t- get in contact with us. Yeah, it's good stuff. That's actually what somebody did on our side right now. I'm looking at a spooky story from Powerful Samwise that we're going to be dropping here on you guys. So let us know. But for right now, here's their actual voicemail from the voicemail line. 
Once my phone unlocks. <laughs> hey guys, it's Will. Listening to the uh, latest app talking about uh, what happened to the missing Primarchs. So we all know that way, way back in the day, um, there used to be the whole wink, wink, nudge, nudge, uh, the Warhammer Fantasy was just one of the worlds in Warhammer 40K. There's always been this theory that Sigmar was actually a Primarch. Clearly, the reason that uh, that his legion got erased was because when uh, Big E came to uh, pick him up, Sigmar actually kicked his ass and kicked him off the planet, and Big E went, holy fuck, I made something too powerful. I got to erase his entire legion, so nobody knows I got my ass kicked. <laughs> okay, okay. Solid theory. Yeah, solid theory that... So I know, I know that's one of the head cannons I was kicking around for the longest time, is the Sigmar Lost Primarch. Yeah, yeah. Because for a while they did have some fun crossovers where like one of the white dwarfs, I think in the older editions of fantasy had like weirder stuff that could happen with like chaos shenanigans. And one was like a rift opens and a guy walks out in like living metal with like a, he's holding like a, a, looks like a crossbow without any fins and it just screams and stuff explodes. And you're looking at it, it's like, this is a damn space Marine. <laughs> This is a chaos space marine that just came out of a warp portal and started tearing up fantasy. Yeah, I feel like Necrons at one point had a fantasy crossover. Not Necrons, uh, 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 Tyranids. I want to say there was a Gene Stealer crossover at one point with Warhammer Fantasy. It wouldn't shock me. I know they used to do like fun stuff like that with like White Dwarf scenarios and things. And they're like, just kidding. This would never happen. Just kidding. Wink. And then there was also like a Skaven and 40K and then... The slant and 40k, the old ones and all that yeah. jazz. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Was there a situation where like some dude came and like Sigmar was like, get out of here, you idiot. <laughs> was that a thing? I don't know, man. I, I missed the boat on fantasy completely. All of the, all of, like, I'm trying to think of all the fantasy. Like, I, I read a lot of the Go Trek and Felix stuff. And then I read this incredible book called necromancer when i was like my during my first job yeah i would go like upstairs uh to like the little like i was supposed to be counting inventory and i'll just go read <laughs> this book called necromancer and i would put it like I, <laughs> now that i think about it i would like i was like 15 14 15 oh yeah i would put it inside this like filing cabinet i would leave it up there because like, could you imagine if like like you're like because I it was a, it was a tractor it was my dad's like it was like, <laughs> like I, I worked for my dad okay like, this, is, this is a privilege okay it's a privilege but I would go count parts upstairs I think they were just happy to have me out of their hair and uh, 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 I was I, like it was like a lot of like country folks and if they opened that oh, no. file cabinet it saw a black book in there called necromancer you know well, like what, what the hell what the hell is he doing up here what's up here practicing witchcraft <laughs> oh yeah but i never read any like big books of like fantasy lore you know it was always like a like little village community things that were happening mm-hmm. uh I, I i read that book beastman too that was a good book i remember that one okay that one was wild but yeah, nothing, nothing big, fantasy wise, like lore wise. Yeah, everything I know about fantasy lore, I absorb secondhand. Nice, nice. But all right, all right. Second yeah. part. 
Honda was on my end of the uh, apocalypse table. Oh. Uh, I did want to clean up a little bit about what happened with the Cabanda Sanguinius event. Uh, Cabanda got his ass kicked. But it turned out that that was only uh, an Alpharius, uh, or an Alpha Legion plant. It wasn't actually even really uh, Sanguinius. So Cabanda reappeared further down the table where there was another Sanguinian and fought that battle again. And it is my understanding that that one was a much closer match. Uh, and Cabanda did win that one, I believe. But no, when uh, Sanguinius initially uh, scattered and landed in front of Cabanda, Sanguinius wrecked face. And then Cabanda apparently manifested inside a chaos ward took him over, reappeared, and uh, took on the real Sanguinius again. Y'all take care. Classic Cabana fighting Sanguinius multiple times <laughs> without care of the world. Okay. Yeah, that was from the Apocalypse Mega Battle at Warzone. So uh, I, I just got done reading uh, Devastation of Paul, mm-hmm. right? And so Cabana, when you kill him, you just send him back to the warp. He doesn't actually die. Right. Right? And so uh, what, what was crazy about reading that is like a gives you like in the devastation of ball uh they actually go in like mentally they go into the warp to go see like this eldar like lets them in there to like look around and go see what it looks like and basically there's like this <laughs> like warp portal that's open and it like leads to ball and like cabanda that, knows good. he knows it's there so he has to fight through all of these other demons to get there <laughs> and like, it's like trudging through it's just like, out of my way, out of my way. I'm trying to go get there. And they're like, Oh, somebody opened this warp portal for him to get through. It's like, we gotta, we gotta stop them from opening it. It's like, there's an angel that's opening it. And I was like, Oh, turns out it was us. We did it <laughs> because Oops. we look, we were just looking here. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, so they, it ended up being them that did it. But like hearing that he could just like sneak his way after so many hundreds of years or like seconds, Back into the like real space to go, you know, fight almost immediately. It's pretty crazy, and like Angron apparently like comes back after like what like eight years, eight months, and eight days, or like eight months, eight days, eight minutes. I don't know, something crazy. Checks out. Yeah, he just like shows back up. He's like, "I'm back." I was wild. It's wild stuff, dude. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Oh yeah, pretty crazy. I just doesn't die. So that checks out. Yes, sir. Thanks, Will. Thank you, Will, for clarifying who got their ass beat. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And so this comes from Samwise. Uh, It is a spooky story. Hold. Hey, guys. Sam here. Uh, Just calling in with a question and then... uh, kind of spooky story for Halloween Uh, my question would be with the Horse Heresy book series going to come into a close what do you think they'll uh, Games Workshop will do once that's finished do you think they'll do the kind of badab wars or or do you think they'll go back and expand upon some of the the kind of heresy battles and novels and yeah but my spooky story is from when in my current job uh, we do alarms uh, for kind of vulnerable people um, so I got called to a, to a job to 
to install an alarm and uh, this house was in, in the middle of nowhere, like right out in the sticks, uh, really far away um, in the, the countryside here in Scotland. And uh, so I drove out to this house, could try to find it, try to find it, finally found it, this overgrown like uh, trail up to the house, dirt, dirt road. And uh, I started seeing like like sticks and poles like at the side of the road which isn't too uncommon but what was uh, what began to get concerning was the uh, animal heads mounted on them in different states of decomposition or just skulls uh, and the closer you got to the house the fresher they seemed to be uh, and I was like, this is, this is fucking weird. Like, uh, I'm not too happy about this. So I get to the house and there's like, you know, rusted out cars and bits of machinery sitting about. And like, it's winter time. So it was getting a bit dark and I was like, shit. I was like, I'm going to get fucking murdered here. Like, so I went up, chapped the door, and this guy answered. He goes, oh, you must be here for the alarm. Come in. So I kind of cautiously come in and uh, walked through into the living room, and there was writing all over all the walls. I'm not, like, not hyperbole, like, the writing was on the walls. The closest thing that I could uh, describe as is you know the the writing from Dead Space, that like runic kind of blood scratching on the walls. So I'm standing there, like just in the job, new technician, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah, I'm gonna fucking die. Like, so I uh kind of uh, got the alarm in as quick as I could like fucking threw that thing in um, and bailed like fucking bailed like I, actually, I I took photos on my I, I need to see if I can find them and send them of like the actual writing and the heads uh, I'll need to see if I find them on the work database because I had to report it. But that was, like, the closest I've ever thought, like, I'm going to fucking die here. So that's that's kind of the spooky story that I've I've had. Uh, keep up the good work and have a good one, guys. Dude, what are you doing in that situation? That is entirely the setup to a uh, horror movie. <laughs> like, you're just like, hey, uh, so... We have this, this weird alarm from out... It, I'm going to say in the woods? <laughs> it looks like it's coming from in the middle of the woods. He's walking. Hey, where's the D-Mark at? <laughs> just, oh, it's over here. It's a little, little server closet. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, it's over between the uh, the, the butcher shack and uh, the, the compostery. <laughs> you got to move a, a impaled pig head to go <laughs> plug in your router. Oh, no, no problem. No problem. Just, yeah, no, obviously. You got to go through like a Resident Evil puzzle room to get to, <laughs> to, get to what you need to get to. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, man. Did that curse you? I'm sorry. Oh, I'll, I'll yeah, take well, that off. Yeah, I'll yeah, take yeah. that off. That wasn't. Uh, and if, you'll, if you hear like just the, the moans of the damned, you've gone too far. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, so I was moving this uh, nightstand out of the way so I could uh, go ahead and put this cable down in this conduit and uh, some dust sprayed on me. (laughs) And uh, now I hear whispers. (laughs) Yeah, you've got the mummy rot. (laughs) Well, I'll get that out. Let me go get some, uh, let me go get some, uh, some fingers. Yeah, you got two pupils right now. (laughs) We'll take care of it. We'll take care of it. That's uh, absolutely uh, spooky as shit. Yeah, that is a murder house. What's crazy is like... uh, uh, one of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre houses we got around here. As as somebody who has visited houses, as somebody who's like been to houses, like that was my job when I would have to put in uh, internet for Internet of America. Um, There's this like weird line where like, (laughs) you know, it's like fight or flight Mm -hmm. where it's like, man, I should get the fuck out of here. You're like, but... I also kind of don't want to starve because I need this job. <laughs> and so there's like, there's like a weird lot. Like I went to a house where like a cat had like pissed everywhere. Oh. And I was just like, man, like I could, I think I'm doing damage right now. <laughs> like to my, like to my body. It's like, but I'm trying to eat this week <laughs> and I'm a contractor. So got to stack that money. <laughs> I got to get this. I got to get this, get this bread in <laughs> the POE put down <laughs> for this satellite. <laughs> Let me go ahead and knock it out real quick. Maybe this. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's kind of like I always think to myself, like, man, dude, I did some like horrible, like dealt with some like horrible levels of houses, like hoarder houses, and just like people. And like really, it's like now it's like f that, I'm out of there. But like when you're hungry and you try to make some money, yeah, I let you do a little runes on the wall if you want. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we can get away with just like a little bit of like bloody handprints. Just. Not too many. Hey, just don't touch me. I'll give you. I'll I'll hook up your little old people alarm. <laughs> I'll hook up your life alert. Just don't. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna pretend you're really into Halloween. <laughs> Discount the fact that this happened in March. Yeah, dude, March. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't even have their decorations down. It was the middle of March. <laughs> hey, I've, sometimes I got my tree up a little late. I really can't uh, can't pass judgment on anybody else. You may as well just leave them up at this point. <laughs> You're closer than you are the one way than the other. <laughs> man, the dead heads, though, man, that's crazy. It's like one of those things, like, what was he doing? Was he trying to ward off monsters or trying to invite things in? I guess maybe it Maybe he just thought they were cool. Yeah, maybe just one of those dudes. We either, that dude bought a hearse that we go to, we go to the store with, so... <laughs> Maybe that's just his that, vibe. I mean, some people around here, they go hunting and they get ahead and they'll leave it on an ant pile. So that'll like take all the flesh off and they just have this like deer skull. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah. What's the difference between that guy impaling them on a stick and some taxidermist who's going to, you're going to pay $800 to put them on your wall. Well, once you get the context with the runes, then it starts getting a little Jeepers Creepers, you know? Yeah. Maybe he just likes to, well, lets his kids have fun, you know? <laughs> like, you know, let's them express their artistic <laughs> vision. Just twisting the heads off squirrels and shit. That's wild, dude. That's Ugh. wild. Have you ever had like a work experience where like you? Thankfully, I've been uh, blessed in that I haven't had to go to other people's homes for work. Uh-huh. So uh, I I don't have any like work related. I don't have any like paranormal, like even paranormal adjacent experiences. Mm. Did I ever tell you about the time where uh, I was in the oil field and like uh, that helicopter went over that wasn't a helicopter? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll tell it again on here for the <laughs> for the for the listeners who are new. I thought I had a similar experience driving down to uh, Heresy Camp. Oh yeah, it was a helicopter. 
Oh, it was an actual helicopter? It was 100% helicopter. Yeah, yeah. Well. I just saw like a weird light, but I'm like, oh, is this it? Is this my day? Is this my story? I was You're excited. Lifting up out of your seat. Go get me. Take me. Take me. Oh, it's just a helicopter. Dang it. It's just a loose man who stabbed his family somewhere around here. Dang it. Just normal freaky stuff. Not spooky freaky stuff. No. Do it like so so since we're talking about like, you know, working through scary stuff to make the bread. Yeah. Right? Uh this one time, uh, there was actually two things. I'm going to tell one story, and then I'll save the next story for next week. Uh, there was this location out in the oil field uh, called the Central Excelsior. It's way out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's actually a part of a little town. I believe it's called Polk, P-O-L-K. Okay. and Maybe it is. Hold on. Okay. So, actually, it was Peggy. It's Peggy, Texas, not Polk. Uh, well, it's crazy. Like if you actually go to County Road 410, like if you're in Google Maps and you go to County Road 410 in Peggy, Texas, Peggy, Texas has one one like post office and one house. That's it. It's just this tiny town. It's got two buildings. It's got a little, it's a little town, right? But if you go down County Road 410 and little Google Maps car and all that stuff, like the street view, just go down there about halfway between the little baby town and the facility. <laughs> you'll see like a bunch of cows looking at the the camera for the, the Google truck, the Google truck. And then to the left, you'll see like a bunch of trees, right? Okay. This is exactly where I was in my truck. <laughs> and so I was driving to this facility right here. Right. Okay. okay. So you can barely see, I can barely see the tanks and all that jazz of yeah, the facility poking up over the tree line. Yeah. And then you can see this, uh, this little, this little house, right? Well, it's like a, it's a C- MCC building like is what shop. it is. Yeah. So above this, I saw this thing like hovering there, right? And I thought it was a helicopter. Like at the time we were like TCEQ, which is like uh, the quality air control and all that jazz was like flying over all the oil field locations to taking pictures with the uh, infrared cameras and flare cameras and all that jazz. And uh, at the time, that's what I thought it was. And so I stopped because like I didn't want to like show up on location, drive around with a helicopter, like scanning it and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. And I just so happened to have a uh, a magnifier. What's a EOTech three uh, X magnifier? I just so happened to have one in my uh, uh, my center console, and I was like, "Let me see this bad boy, right?" And so I pulled that sucker out, and I looked at this object that was like right here above the location, and just probably hovering like I don't know, maybe. 80 feet above the location, just standing perfectly still. And it was like a silver cigar. <laughs> like it was like a silver, like it was a silver cigar with two lights on the outside and one in the middle. And like, I had like a full second to like my eyes to focus and like get terrified and like, what the hell am I looking at? And then it just like, like an eyelid closes. It like blinked and like disappeared. Huh. And uh, I did a seven on seven off schedule. And uh, it was my first day of my seven on, and I just never went back to the location. I had two other ones I just watched. I was like, it's doing fine. I'm just not going back there. Like, I've, I don't know what that was, but it was a night shift, so I had to, like, work nights. <laughs> so I was like, like, this was, like, the beginning of the day, you know, when I was going out there at 7 o'clock. It was still light out, and I was like, no, 
Not doing it. And just the UFO blinked at you. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I'll just stay. I'll just not go to that location. No, there's no no readings this week. <laughs> so, yeah, terrifying. But, yeah, that's exactly what happened. It was like, and I always see, like, you know, everything's talking about UFOs nowadays and all that jazz. It's and like, like declassified. Yeah, yeah, like crazy stuff. And, like, that is, like, one of the, like, UFOs. That they've like they've shown. I'm like, yeah, I've seen that. That's, I've, I've absolutely seen that thing. What it was doing in Peggy, Texas, <laughs> I couldn't tell you, but uh, it definitely blinked at me. So, yeah, it was pretty scary. Scary shit. That's wild. So, but I got another story that I'll tell next week. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so hopefully that motivates you guys that are listening to tell us your spooky stories. And we'll share them on air. And once again, you don't have to say who you are. You just call in and, you know, we're not getting your name or anything like that. Yeah. So. Or if you send us something, you can ask for it to be anonymous. We could always do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but well, you have to ask us live on air, you know. <laughs> that was spoopy. She's <laughs> getting a little rambunctious. She's getting rambunctious over here. She's going so. to stir crazy. So anyway. Uh, what have you been working on, Derek? All right. So I've been working in my hobby room itself, trying to trying to carve out some space for me to get some more stuff done. And I got a bunch of stuff moved out of there, and I was able to set up like a six-foot, one of those white folding tables I have. Okay, yeah. So just kind of getting, getting ready, because I'm trying to get one of these new boxes pre-ordered with the Mark 3s. Okay, yeah. And I think that's going to be kind of the, the start of my next project for Heresy. So the new Mark III Marines, they kind of have their own unique aesthetic to them. Like, they're very different from the old Mark III plastics. Yes. I don't hate them. I know some people are kind of used to the old ones. The new ones definitely feel a little more like Death Guard and a little less Iron Warrior. Yeah. But I'm cool with it. I know some people are showing off the new helmets that... The spike on top comes off just fine if you need it to, but they are molded into the helmet. So if you do want them, you don't have to worry about like gluing them on or anything like that. Yeah, I think the argument was it's easier to remove them than to put them on. That's Yeah, that was my argument. Uh, it's a fair argument. But yeah, I'm kind of thinking once that comes in, then I'm just going to kind of go whole hog into that and try to get that project ready. I've got some fun stuff I'm going to try out. Probably not going to work. It's probably just going to completely fall apart on the tabletop again, but I'm excited for it. I do like that there's two, like, versions of the Mark III, right? Like, I don't like that it's kind of like chunky boys and all that jazz. Like, they're squattier, right? And, like, there's, like, these new Mark Threes are, like, the new size. I'm not a big fan of that. But I do like if you're a, like, because these Mark Threes are, like, a little bit sleeker, right? They feel like this is, like, a artisan armor and all that jazz. Yeah. This feels like a, a Blood Angel's armor or, like, an Emperor's Children armor. And, like, some of the other stuff seems, like, a little bit more industrial, like, you know, some Iron Warriors, Iron Hands, uh, you know, stuff that you're not really polishing every day. And, all. like, some Death Guard would be wearing the old-style Mark Three, and then, like, some... Uh, some Blood Angels and Raven Guard will be wearing the new style Mark III. It's like what it feels like. Yeah, that there's some trim parts that are missing. Yeah. And it, it just it has its own unique aesthetic. I like them both existing. I, I think if you want if you prefer one over the other, pick that one. I uh am super excited about the fully open chest piece. Yes. 
like that big blank canvas. Yeah, that big blank canvas for decals and all that jazz. Like it's oh, really yeah. gonna make it look good. I'm 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 really excited for for that guy. Yeah, and one thing they've shown off is there's uh, the forearm plates on the Mark III. How it's got this big plate on the back of the hand or back yeah. of the arm. They have bits for, for that that will go on your support weapon arms. Oh, because they're fully compatible with the Mark VI, the weapon packs. Okay. So they've got those that you can bolt onto those to give them that same kind of aesthetic. Okay. And what I'm wondering is, is that a separate piece that goes on the bolter arms that come in the kit that you can just put on whatever arms you're putting on the dude? Mm-hmm. Or does it also come with these extra plates? Okay. So yeah. that you have your bolter arms that have that molded in, but you also get extra plates if you want to put them on other guys. Yeah. The only thing I don't understand is uh, why they, I, I'm not a big fan of like the bell bottoms. Yeah. That's the only thing I'm not like. Yeah, the vibing legs do with. kind of flare out. They absolutely <laughs> flare out. Are you kidding me? Like, why do they have such like bell bottoms? Ugh, I don't. They know. remind me of like old sailors, <laughs> like old World <laughs> War II sailors. That's what they remind me of. Like, I'm gonna get the kits. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm gonna yeah. have these Mark III kits, but man. Those, why'd you do the legs like that? Yeah, it, even then, the scale doesn't really bother me because for my Ultramarines, I've got new Mark Sixes and I've got older Mark Threes mixed into them. Right. And at a glance, they're fine. The The main way, like, visually that I can tell them apart is I've got different bayonets on them. And then the sergeant has, like, the transverse crest. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I have to, like, take a minute, like, okay, wait, wait, wait. And then actually, like, recognize, as opposed to just, like, scanning across them, they all look like Ultramarine Tacticals to me. So hmm. the, the scale isn't so bad, like so different that on the tabletop there's like disjointed. I gotcha. Yeah, not feel you. So yeah, I've got some other stuff I need for that project. I need to get in. So I'm just trying to get some like some of the boring stuff done so that when it does come in, I can just go straight into churning that out. Right. Uh, aside from that, uh, there has been a lot of battle tech going on at the shop. There's been a ton of battle tech going on at the shop, and I've been kind of grooving on that. It's interesting. Got some, uh, got some games in, trying to get better with the system. Man, there's just so many mechs. It's like, well, what do I want to run? Well, here's a list of 300 mechs that my my guys could theoretically have used. Uh, I don't know, man, which ones are cool. And for those of y'all wondering, y'all are playing 3062, right? 3062? I think where we're coming in is the Battle of Tukade, Okay. which is one of the like main like final decisive battles of the clan invasion. Yeah, so it's either thirty one sixty two or thirty sixty two. It's like thirty sixty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for those of y'all interested, that if that know, means anything to you, yeah, I don't mean year. nothing to me. But apparently, that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> I keep finding cool mechs I want to run, and they're like, "Yeah, but that doesn't exist." Not yet. <laughs> like, well, damn it! Why are you printing it? <laughs> well, all right. Well, I'm gonna run it anyway, and we'll see if I get caught. We'll see if you really know your shit. <laughs> Could you imagine the guy that you would meet? And like, oh, that's like losing 365. Ooh, <laughs> so you're using the Marauder 2-C, not the Marauder 2-C. So the Wolf's Dragoons didn't invent the Marauder 2-C until 2067. And it was actually they, a pretty big deal. They because did, They did have access to the Marauder 2-C, <laughs> which you might be getting confused, but the 2-C and the 2-C are two different, completely different models of Marauder. If you remember in uh, 3164, <laughs> that's actually when they discovered the <laughs> the fuse.
fusion relay. <laughs> oh, what's going on, Pat? <laughs> We're good, man. That's Pat, Jake's brother. Uh, so, so yeah. So it's like it's one of those things where it's like, <laughs> yeah. If you have... want to get lost in depth in BattleTech, it's all there for you. Yeah, it's definitely there for you. And how they invented stuff, what they moved around, what they broke off and added on there, but. Yeah, I'm just still trying to learn how to do the rules. And, uh, man, it sure does work when you can uh, stomp another mech with a 100-ton mech. Yeah. And, like, just turns out all you got to do to take out your clan mechs is uh, have a 100-ton mech stomp them in the head. Or send a bunch of little tiny dudes on them and just they just flame the shit out of it. That's kind of <laughs> another answer there, you know? Yeah. Heat's a thing. <laughs> if you don't got water nearby, you're in big trouble. Yeah, they, they invented the double heat sink for a reason. <laughs> so Battletech Yeah Yeah I've been painting up uh, I was meaning to finish up Somebody I'll have probably have done tomorrow And post up some uh, Picks in the discord But Just kind of wrapping my head Around painting That different scale Oh yeah It does not Add up it, it, Yeah It doesn't just work Because if, if you paint it Like it's uh, use all, If I use all my techniques That I use for painting Space Marines With my airbrush it looks like a really, really detailed Space Marine-sized thing. Well, here's the thing, dude. Like, I, I, I know that you have regular paints, but have you bought any contrast paints? So, I completely missed the boat on contrast because uh-huh. I had, like, revamped my entire... Like, I bought a whole new... I got, like, the Army Painter paint range. Yeah. Like, the weekend before they rolled out contrast. Okay. And so, it's like, well, I don't need new paint. I just got, you know, this whole bunch of paint. And now I'm looking into getting more paint now. And it's like, well, I'm probably just going to get the like starter set from Monument Hobbies. Yeah, no, it's and, and granted, I'm not knocking contrast by any means. I just don't have any experience with it. I would say I see contrast paints on BattleTech, and I, I vibe with it, dude. Like I'm like, yeah, that looks great. Like and it's like that scale. It takes on that stuff. It's like really the thing about you know, if I were to think about having to paint up. A Battletech model. Like, I think I have one behind me I can just grab. Yeah. So, like, these Battletech models, they have so many individual parts, right? Like, so yes. many individual pieces. Like, here's a, like, if I just look at this, it's like, I've got this piece, this piece, this piece. Like, just, it's a bunch of, like, geometric shapes. Well, I see somebody contrast paint that, and it fills in and edge highlights all those all those paints. Yeah, all of that just becomes very visually interesting. Yeah, and it's at a scale at which you, like, I think that like BattleTech and like Epic take really good to contrast paints. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm learning is the more contrast, not the paint, but like the 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 idea, the more of that you can jam into that model, the more you sell the scale. Yeah, when these homies edge highlight this stuff, it's 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 broken, dude. That's like that is uh, a <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was looking into because the 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 force I want to paint up is primarily black, mm-hmm. and so kind of what I did so far was my Steinal Res base, and then I did like a dry brush of Corvus black, and then a dry brush of Secret Weapon tire black, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that gave me a pretty good volume. And then I came in with that tire black again and did like start doing edge highlighting, maybe mix just like a dab of white in with it just to brighten it up a little bit. And I'm liking what I'm getting out of it. I just need to kind of explore it and then figure out what I'm going to do for the canopies, which I've seen some techniques I want to try to kind of give like a really good effect. Yeah, definitely. Ask Locker. His canopies look crazy good. Oh, yeah. It's just been adjusting to the scale. 
mm-hmm. and that's kind of been where I'm at. But I've got like a Marauder two I've been painting up just because it's a big mech with a bunch of detail, a lot of like big flat plates with like panel lines going through them, and I, it's a mech I want to run, and it looks like a really good model to use as like a test paint model. Sounds like fun. It's Sounds got, like a good time. It's got big blocky details. It's got some smoother rounded details. It's, it's got a lot for me to play with. And what was that called again? A Marauder 2? The Marauder 2. Okay. Very it, cool. The like main torso of it kind of looks like a jet. And then it's got these two arms with like these big chonky like laser blocks on it. And then it's got some jump jets so you can try out effects with that. And then it's got, you know, if you want to do like laser effects on the PPCs. And then it's got this giant like AC AC ten. I see the top. it. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, it's just a playground for different different surfaces to do different stuff on and try to see what I what works for me and what what kind of gets the effect I'm looking for. Yeah, no, it looks good. Lovely. Yeah, I I got wrapped up in some stuff today, but I think tomorrow I'm gonna sit down and try to jam out the rest of that and probably get that put up on the Discord. Hell yeah, dude! Looking forward to seeing it. But yeah, that's been where I'm at. I've just been kind of trying to keep up with my dad for PA stuff. And in between that, been working at the house and doing battle tech. That sounds fun. That sounds fun. But that's been my week. What uh, you, you been working on? So this week, I've been... Like, I have an event I'm going to on Saturday at Battle Pub. So I've been getting my 40K stuff yeah. ready. But at the same time, <laughs> unfortunately for me... So powerful... Mike Gupton over at Goldmine Games yes. has a uh, whoa this paints open has a uh, a Orktober competition for a single Ork model, mm-hmm. and so I th- I don't know if I talked about it last week, but you your diorama you want to do? Yeah, so this week has been like a lot of getting that ready. I got the uh, a Cobalt Keep. Um, Cobalt, like the Cobalt di- Diorama Keep. display? Yeah, that was well, not a diorama display, I found out. Oh, so Cobalt Keep makes like a bunch of like uh, uh, painting display cases. Mm-hmm. And I thought they were just like plastic cases with like a, a, a clear top that you put on top of it to like show stuff in there. And I was like, cool, I'm going to go get a bunch of mud effects and all that jazz. I'm going to put that at the bottom and, and paint it up and all that stuff. Well, I found out that it's actually a magnetic bottom. So that you can oh. use your their magnetic bases to put on there. And I was like, well, I don't want to waste this. So I went and got some uh, of the uh, blue foam, like that blue yeah, the, insulation the foam. Yeah, insulation. Yeah. And I cut out the perfect size for that. And then I went and got some plaster of Paris and, like, completely covered that foam up. And then made tracks. And I actually used a knife to, like, cut out the, uh, the War Master's toe. Like, I don't know if I talked about that last week, but my diorama is essentially a grot tank that I modeled a demolisher cannon for, and he's firing onto a 3D model and 3D printed War Master toe and shield for the toe. Yeah. And so I I made a perfect cut down the back of the leg, uh, the toe shield and the back of the toe. So it can be pressed against the uh, uh, against the edge of the case. Mm-hmm. So all you see is the toe and this like little grot tank shooting at the toe, like it's aimed at it, and like this grot's like go fire. It's like, and so I'm gonna call it David because you know it's like yeah, this little grot is firing demolisher cannon <laughs> to War Master. In old school rules, it was possible that that could just keep cascading and destroy this thing. Yeah, but just keep rolling sixes. It gets worse and worse. Yeah, you know, if you're really lucky. 
that'd be an incredible story to tell. But in my mind, this like this princeps th- assumed he was like walking near a pile of trash as this like grot was trying to like frantically work and get his tank rolling again. <laughs> just, just screaming the whole time. Like as he sees his war master getting closer, he's like trying to get his tank up and running. And finally he gets it running right when the war master's next to him. And like it's like his one shot with his demolisher cannon, which is Far too large for this little tank. Uh, I would imagine the shells would send this thing flying backwards. Like when I think about a demolisher tank or like a demolisher cannon, like you have the Vindicator and you actually have the Lehman Rust demolisher and all this jazz. Uh, like that shell those are, those is huge. Substantial. Yeah. The shell's like the size of that goblin that's in there. So I would imagine that this whole situation would not end well for the goblin. Even shooting a demolisher cannon out of that grot tank. Best case scenario is still terrible. Yeah, but I would also think this is a siege cannon, right? This is like yeah. a cannon meant for bunker busting. Oh, yeah. I think a war master leg or toe is a good target for a bunker buster shell. <laughs> like, they're pretty, like, shielded up. But, oh, yeah. like, let's say it's his back toe, right? <laughs> like, let's say this war master stepped over this gabo. And he's just inside the void shield range inside void shield range behind the leg or that doesn't have the big armor in front of it. It's got that weak armor and he's looking at the back toe into like all the good Ghibli bits. <laughs> and he's got a demolisher cannon like and like this war master is just so massive just scanning the battlefield just doesn't even recognize it. He's too busy depleting other, you know, absolute monstrosities of orc tanks, right? Just killing Killicans, legions. He's killing these uh, fortresses, battle fortresses, just demolishing orcs, killing stompas left and right. And he just steps over this small pile of red trash. And as he steps his foot down, this goblin just like, you just hear that, that tank just, it's back up and running. Right. And that (laughs) goblin's like, Oh, it's my chance. (laughs) Just, just cammed out, just monster little tank. It spurts forward like 10 feet and drives. Cause I put little tracks down to like where it kind of just drove up a little bit. Yeah. And then just like unload. And then like how embarrassing would it be for some long titled Lord Princeps of who's the, 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 and you might know this because, like, I just picked a random tight the, legion. Like, gray with yellow? Yes. How do you know? Legio yeah. Griffonicus. Yeah, Legio Griffonicus. Some Legio <laughs> Griffonicus, like, princeps. Like, who's. Well, I, who's they're, they're, what's the level above princeps? Because in, in War Master or a Titan, it's a, it's even further above that. It would be a princeps, but probably like a princeps senioris. Or majoris? Princess majoris? Other Maybe. Thing? Yeah, either way. Yeah, it'd be up there. Because, like, the War Masters, that's, like, big dick, right? Oh, yeah. This guy's got some... Uh, he's got some pull. So, like, possibly other Titans have already walked by. <laughs> like, like the Warhounds have already passed by. The Reavers are gone. And it's, like, his last chance because the War Masters is bringing up the rear. And so he's like, I got to do this. And... Dunk. And it's like, the, oh, he hit me. the big red button, sends it. And <laughs> you know I'm going to send it. Pops him right in the Achilles. <laughs> and then, you know, War Masters down. War Masters down, baby. Just like pops loose a piston, which like the the fluid goes and like 
just sprays through a hose, which swings and gets caught in some gears and just cascades up and up and up. And catches whole, stuff on fire. The leg seizes and falls over and lands on the reactor for the like plasma obliterator. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the explosion's going to kill this grot, but oh, you know, for sure. you know he, he's going to love it. Uh, it's going to turn that tank into another projectile. Well, what's cool is, so I painted up this little grot tank, right? And I had a blast painting it because like I got to use... Every weathering technique I knew, like if I spent that much time on every orc tank, I'd have a crazy orc army. Like I really went to town on just like weathering this thing up. Like I edge highlighted everything in metal. Like I really made it look like a worn out little tank. And then I painted up the toe and I covered it in Mechanicus decals. Yeah. And so like I did like the gear I did like, cause it's 40 K and uh, I did, you know, like, the runes and all that stuff. I did that little checker pattern along the bottom of the toe. And I just think about like, if you had like a war master with that much level decals, like over, over his whole body, it'd be nuts, but ain't ever going to happen. <laughs> Not in a million years. Yeah. So for those of y'all curious, the toe actually came from the combat director on Colts. That's where I got the toe. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's wild. It's, it's a, a crazy, crazy amount of files for that guy. And not so expensive, but crazy amount of time to, to print that thing, I'm sure. But I just print up his toe. I, I put it all together, <laughs> and I cut it down the middle and printed sent, it up. Sent took, it over to the printer. took like eight hours. When I woke up in the morning, it was like Christmas. I was like, my toe, it's ready. <laughs> now imagine doing that like 40 times. <laughs> yeah, no, I, good, good for you, Derek. <laughs> good for you. So I got that guy going. Uh, I plastered it up. I had a bunch of the, like the little bricks that I scattered on the base, a bunch of sand. Dude, those bricks look dope. Thank you. Thank you. They that feel is, dope. That's some hella, hella sick debris work. Yeah. So, so it's, it's a whole bunch of like little debris and all this stuff. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I just need to like plaster keeps chipping off on the side. So I got to wrap it with tape and all that jazz. So plaster probably wasn't the best thing to use, but I was in a bind. I probably should have used wood putty like Matt suggested, but I was up. Hobby Lobby already. Yeah, a bunch of people keep suggesting that. So there yeah. must be something to it. Yeah. I saw one guy because I was going to try and use flour. Because <laughs> I, like, well, I was like, stuff I had. I was going to use flour and I was like, oh, don't do that. And then it was like one dude actually puts like a bunch of dirt from the garden. He puts it into a, uh, like a, uh, what's that little magic bullet? He puts in a magic bullet or a coffee grinder and just pulverizes it. And uses that with some PVA glue. That apparently works out. <laughs> but I went plaster because I don't listen to people. And, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, but I should, I'm should. i going to go try and get that turned in uh, tomorrow. Because it's due on by Saturday on the 21st. So Okay. Uh, in addition, like I had mentioned previously, I'm also working on my Neath Miniatures model, my pink Space Marine. Yeah. And uh, have you ever heard of Trevarion? Maybe. So Trevarion is known for his uh, grim dark miniatures. It's like, uh, oh, I forgot. I keep unplugging this thing. Uh, so it, it, it sounds familiar. I can't pull it up right now, but when you show me a picture, I'll probably be like, oh yeah. So yeah, he does. Uh, he does a bunch of like grim dark stuff, and like that's his whole. That's his whole vibe is like his. Uh, he edge highlights with a lot of like darker darker colors Ooh. and so what he does is like he actually takes a sponge and he sponges the whole panel brown or like it like he'll start with black sponge the whole panel brown and then he'll take like a, a red and he'll sponge a little bit closer on the inside and then he'll sponge like really close on the inside 
And so that's what I did, except I used like a, a brush, like a, a, a flat brush that I had cut. Mm-hmm. And I just like panel lined in. Like I went with like a dark brown and I went lighter brown, then I went with a pink and then I went with lighter pink. So the outside of all of the panels are uh, are beat up and dark. And so it, it's, it looks like all the paint has like chipped off around it. And that's like the pink miniature that I'm going for. It's a, a Space Marine Assault Intercessor with jump pack. Okay. And so I made this like pink guy with like a shield and, and all. And so I'm doing that for a... It's uh, a really interesting style. Yeah, it, it, it is not super difficult. Um, it's it's, it's uh, very visually striking. Yeah, it, it's a it's it's a very interesting style, and he like does all sorts of uh, tutorials on how to do it. And if you have patience, right? It's not a like you see how he starts off brown, mm-hmm. and he and then he comes in with like a bunch of like a little a messed up brush. And he basically oh, just just microtextures it. Yeah, microtextures like a bunch of like red dots on there, and then you know, once all the reds on there, he moves up to a brighter red. That's super interesting. Yeah. So it's like if you have to paint each panel individually, but it slows you down, and uh, actually it looks like chipped off paint. Yeah, like for an army, like this would be, this would be years in the making for an army. But it's it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It doesn't take that much time. No, I got that pink marine that I have painted up. I did it in a night. Like it, I, I sat at my chair and did like a a full pink marine in like a night. I got to get the face done and all that jazz. He's doing that good weathering. On yeah, the, on the transfers. Yeah, yeah. He goes all out on this little space marine right here. But like it is not as long as you think it is. So damn, it's a cool style, man. Oh yeah. So, so that's what I try to do on my, my pink Marine. The only thing is I couldn't get as close to the edges as he did. Cause I was, you know, not a pro like he is. Cause my first <laughs> one I've ever tried, but it still looks pretty good. Like I'm not mad at it and it's, oh, yeah. it's for a fun competition. So, uh, really looking forward to turning that in on the 31st over powerful Neath, powerful Neath miniatures. Um, so been working on that. Uh, I'm in like panic mode already. Cause I have, uh, on Saturday, we're going to that event in Battle Pub in San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, it's a 40K event. Um, I've been doing a lot of tabletop simulator. And uh, yeah, you've been telling me about that. I, I would say that I probably have like 10 games in on tabletop simulator, 40K wise. And so like we, we do a ton of like really quick like like i'll hit up tyler at like midnight or like one o'clock in the morning be like hey what are you doing be like oh i'm just doing nothing what's up so you want to get a game at tts in he's like yeah and so we'll load up 40k tabletop simulator we'll try out our kind of tournament list against each other and you know do the best we can and then there's some people from the shop that also play tabletop simulator so we'll like rick he does tabletop simulator so like I'll play him or Tyler will play him and I'll watch that game. We'll kind of have like a, a breakdown because like the local guys in kind of like our little subgroup, we're trying to like be more competitive and like kind of compete with like some of the, the Houston and San Antonio guys. Okay. And so we are like really pushing each other in tabletop simulator. And so we've gotten like the amount of practice you get with like TTS is bonkers, right? Like, like, you get a game in whenever you want, you know, oh, yeah. whether you have models or not. You just get a game in. You don't have to wait for the store to open. You don't have to, like, you know, 
wait for anything like that. It's just straight up load up your computer, download your models that you're about to use and go to town. And what sucks about it is you get a lot of gaming in with units you want to try and then you fall in love with these units and then you're like, cool, badass. And then like an event comes and you're like, oh shit, I don't have those units painted <laughs> or I don't have those units. Like I got to like get a hold of these models that are like now key units in my army. Right. And so, uh, like I, I've got everything I need for the 21st. I just don't have, uh, all of it painted. Oof. And like, there's some stuff I don't have painted. That's like staple in my list right now. Yikes. So I've got a, Luckily, it's like black, a lot of black stuff because it's Death Watch, mm-hmm. and so I can get it painted up pretty quick. But there is a, uh, there's a, like a three color minimum. There's like a basing minimum and all that jazz for the event we're going to. So uh, I'm spending a ton of time on my orc project, and I've got my pink marine project, and I got work, but I have like six, twelve, twelve miniatures, and a tank that I have to paint up. By Saturday, and it's uh, Wednesday night right now. So, oof. Airbrush saved my life sometimes, you know? Yeah, I know you can do it. So, you got, you got techniques for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's what I says. I'm just going to take Blood Angels. Fuck it. <laughs> I'm just taking Blood Angels. <laughs> I'm just proxying with Blood Angels. Yeah. And I keep changing up my list, man. I had a fully, like, ready to go list, and it's like, oh, no, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. And then eventually, just like. Yeah, that seems like a huge tool for playtesting units because then you don't. A lot of the stuff that you don't think takes time, mm-hmm. then you streamline it out to where you're just focused on the game itself. It's like, oh, I get a game in in like no time at all. Yeah, I was uh, like, what was slowing me down was like a big, a big hindrance before was like, if I wanted to play test a unit, my big thing was I would buy the unit. Something's got to go on the table. I've got to paint it because my big thing was I didn't want to play test units that I hadn't painted. Because if they sucked, then I wouldn't paint them because yeah. I would never use them. And they, they don't perform the same if you're not invested in them. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, one of those, oh, I bought this Vindicator and like like I, I brought two Vindicators to the table, had them both painted, put on the table oh, yeah. for, for Horus Heresy 2.0 and they're garbage, right? I've got two Basilisks. I've got a Minotaur painted up, right? They're garbage on the table. But like if I have to paint them before I can play them to test them or else they'll never get painted. Yeah. And so this kind of lets me test units out that I think will work good synergies that I think will work. And then if they don't work, I'm not invested with models into it. I'm just invested, you know, assets that I delete. And on the competitive side, you don't have time to be painting units that you're not going to end up running. Exactly. So like getting into the competitive scene, it gives you a chance to like play test them without like, uh, I'm just going to like, Oh, it's just a rhino. Just, yeah, the rhino, it's just this other vehicle. Don't worry about it. Yep. Yep. So with TTS, you say, this is the army I'm running. You upload your list to Yellow Scribe. You put it in there. It kicks out your army for you. And you go, okay, <laughs> let's play this. And you go to town. So how long does a game typically take on Tabletop Simulator? Uh, I would say right now, like the way we have it dialed in, like we know our list pretty well. I would say probably under two and a half hours. Okay. And how long does that same game take at the shop? Way longer probably like three hours four hours but like really we need to be under two and a half hours for yeah for the the format anyway. yeah for the format i mean there's there's game clocks we need to follow and all that jazz but uh the only thing i am worried about is the dice rolling in tabletop simulator is extremely easy compared to the dice rolling that we have in uh in 
yeah, just real life. It, it can do a lot of stuff for you as opposed to you having to like grab stuff and yeah, generate me 25 dice, roll those 25 dice, pull out the sixes. You know, it's like that, like that is like, you'll be done with that whole process by the time I've pulled out the correct number of dice from my back. Exactly. Exactly. No, it's, it's wild. There's a, there's definitely something there. Like, like I have a unit right now called Inceptors that they have sustained too. So every six they do, they pop out two more dice. Mm. They get two extra shots. And so like I'll run, I run a unit of six of those three shots a piece. That's 18 dice. I'll roll that any sixes, which usually there's quite a bit of sixes and I get a reroll. So like reroll additional sixes, all of those are sustained. So it's like, Oh, I need to generate 12 more dice. Right. And then you bring those 12 dice in. These are new hits. It's, it's great. It's a lot of bookkeeping for your dice, which is very easy and fast tabletop simulator. But in real life, it's a, okay, let me count out 12 dice. Let me add that to the pool. So you actually need to dial in your speed to be well under the time limit for the event because you're now going to be slowed down. If you're used to that tabletop simulator now fumbling with your dice, counting dice, physically like like pulling out your tape measure instead of just having the system do it for you yeah because when i move a a unit in tabletop simulator it measures as i'm moving them yeah so like i will pick up a unit and if i move them forward they'll say you're at six inches right here so you know i bring them back okay that's five inches so it's pretty crazy it does a lot of stuff for you it lazies down the game a little bit but it does help you kind of it's a tool yeah it's a tool to use you're trying to like dial in your competitive stuff and it's a great tool for that I don't, I'm not worried about replacing the tabletop. No, I don't think so either. I mean, I would say that there's like a lot of social aspect with the tabletop version. Yeah. But with the way it is right here, I would say that because we, we play it pretty consistently in the Radio First Fan Discord, mm-hmm. there's a ton of people that come in and watch and like they're talking to us, like hanging out and all that jazz as we're playing this game. And it feels like you're at a tabletop, yeah. you know, with people talking to you and also watching your game. Yeah. And what's cra- also, also for people who like don't have a local community mm-hmm. and they've got, you know, friends that they've like moved away from and they can still get games in with them. Like it's, it's great. It's a tool. It's ready for Horace Heresy whenever you're ready. <laughs> and Battletech. We play Battletech on there if you want. Tabletop simulator is wild. Like oh, it, yeah. it, you name it, they got it. I would say that, like, whenever I tried it, maybe pre-pandemic, it was janky. Like, there was a lot of oh, left to be desired. was, like, huge for Tabletop Simulator. Yeah, yeah like, like 2018, 2019 Tabletop Simulator felt kind of clunky. Things were difficult. Like, we were doing a, a Star Wars Legion on Tabletop Simulator, and it was good. Like, it felt good. But, like, there's a few models. It was clunky. Sometimes they would fall through the table. They would do stupid shit. Now, dude, Tabletop Simulator, it's community-driven. There's a lot of mods on there and stuff like that that are very and extremely easy to set up. Like, if you are interested in Tabletop Simulator, let me know because I'll get you set up because it is extremely easy to do. Like, it seems very difficult. It seems like yeah, it's a whole bunch a of work. a lot of moving parts. Yeah, but... but there's a lot of people working to streamline that experience for the user. It truly is a save file that you download and put into <laughs> your folder and you just go and you're like, cool, I'm playing 40 K now or I'm playing Horus Heresy now. Or I'm playing Star Wars Legion. Like everything's there for you already. You just go pick an army. You grab the units you want. Like you would off of a, a counter, you save them to your saved objects and you just go, okay, I want to play this army. You just drag it out to the table, just drag that save that save object and boop. And there's your army, your, your whole list. army. It's wild, dude. It is wild. It truly is uh, uh, the future. It, it's, it's, we're, we're living in the future right now. Yeah. It's not going to cancel events, right? There's not going to be like a, this isn't like 
going to cancel a Depticon or anything like that. Like, you actually have to have physical models to enjoy, like, actually playing. Yeah, yeah like I said, I don't see this as a replacement for anything. Mm-hmm. It's just another thing. It's just another tool. Another yeah. another thing you can do. Yes. I look forward to playing Battletech on here. So, oh, yeah. Maybe I can get a game with Ryan. Ooh, I bet we could. So, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, so, yeah. No, that is uh, my hobby progress. That is what I've... It's jam packed. Been working on it. It's good. It's been a good time. It's been a good. Uh, it's been a good few weeks here. So, or I guess a week. A little over a week. We yeah. recorded what Monday last week. Yeah, yeah. It's over a week. So, demons, demons of the ruin storm. So we kind of got a taste of this with the bound demons rule set, right? And then they came out with the demon engines list which was a augmentation for your mechanicum list yep now we're getting the full body demons of the ruin storm army list and there's a ton of people waiting for this like this was like a ton of people had full demon armies that were kind of unplayable for the time being unless you kind of want to run them in like the ad hoc baby demon rules that weren't like true demons well even then you had such limited uh units like there was no lesser demons no no like, you well, had to you run medium sized as world eaters if you want to run your blood letters yeah yeah but that was all you really had you were forced to run medium sized demons yeah because there's the the lord the brutes and then what samus and uh, cabanda yep that was it that's it now we got all of them now we got the whole thing so introduced in here, they've got another reiteration of the gargantuan subtype, the same as it was for the bound demon rules. There's nothing new there. They introduced the etheric dominion special rules, which kind of like work like your legions of Stardes. Mm-hmm. Your whole detachment is forced to take the same etheric dominion. And that's kind of like corn, slanesh. Yeah, pretty much. There's like, uh, I think, eight or ten of them. There's encroaching ruin, heedless slaughter, putrid corruption, things like that. Mm-hmm. Some of them do align with what we understand to be the specific named demons, but there's also some that are just kind of like different. And honestly, I really wish you didn't have to take all of them on the same detachment or have to take one, one of them on everything in the deta- detachment. Cause the demon rules from the black books, book eight, mm-hmm. there's like, there's one that worked like your right of war, which gave you your own, like your victory objective. So you'd use that instead of the table mission. And then there's a big list of different uh, different manifestations you could give your units to like customize them. Right. So if you wanted to run Bloodletters, Bloodthirsters, Blood Crushers, there was a way to kit lesser demons out to be that way, greater demons out. There's a way you could you know tune them, use those models. Everybody they do what everybody expects them to do. But you could also customize them. You could run like Furies or, or things that are like less specific. Okay. Okay. Well, this one. Like I said, you pick your etheric dominion per detachment. So if you take the Lord of War, it doesn't have to be the same. And they do specifically call that out in the etheric dominion rule. But they all do pretty much the same thing they did with the bound demons, the encroaching ruin. Uh, when you fail a morale check for being a demon, you only take one wound instead of D3 wounds. You get moved through cover. Heedless slaughter. They have to charge if they can charge but they get plus one of their charge rolls, plus one to their combat resolution score, and plus one sweeping advance rolls. Uh, Putrid Corruption gives them heavy and gives them Corrupted Resilience, which works like Feel No Pain. Right, right. Rapturous Sensation, uh, if they make a a successful charge, they get one initiative step higher than normal. 
Plus, they can reroll all failed initiative t- initiative tests for blind, as well as leadership tests for concussive. Formless distortion gives you different effects based on a D three result at the beginning of the fight subphase, and you either get concussive and lance, reach, shred, and sunder. Uh, Infernal Tempest gives you Hammer of Wrath or one better Hammer of Wrath if you already have it. It gives your Hammer of Wrath attacks deflagrate and it gives you a shooting attack that's like a Assault 2 Strength User Deflagrate Retaliation which automatic which can only be used for a reaction and automatically hit which is kind of neat. Right. Speaking right. of reactions, they don't get their own unique faction reaction. That's okay. Which is fine. Uh, Ravenous Disillusion, you get plus one to hit rolls during the first round of any close combat. If they're in combat with a demon, corrupted, or psyker, or an independent character. So I think that might be kind of like your anti-demon demon list. Kind of like the, was it the Malal? The the chaos god that like was anti-other chaos gods? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Malevolent Artifice, which I think is really interesting, which lets you reroll armor saves against any wounds that are strength lower than your toughness. Okay, that's awesome, actually. It depends on the armor save you have on your demons. For something like the 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 demonic uh, the demon engines, they have pretty good armor saves. These guys not quite so much. Some of them get three ups, but most of your regular demons get worse than that. Yeah, don't the corn demons have a three up save? Well, what makes a corn demon now? Oh yeah, Is you're it right. Heedless slaughter because heedless slaughter doesn't do anything for your armor saves. Okay, okay. Historically, no, corn demons have had better armor saves. Yes, but this does nothing for that. Uh, I think it's also worth mentioning that this army list, if you're running your primary detachment as Runestorm Demons, you can't take any optional detachments except your Lord of War detachment. And that has to be drawn from the Demons army list. If your primary detachment is not Runestorm Demons, you can't take an optional detachment from the Runestorm Demons army list. Okay, okay. Uh, Esoteris and some of the word bearer stuff gets around this by just pulling it into your primary detachment. Just yanks it right in, baby. Yes, yeah, right. It's like, oh, your legions of Stardis now. But if you want to run like <laughs> I'm Space Marine, <laughs> just, yes. Here's he, your bolter in your helmet. Get out there and be somebody. <laughs> here's your big shoulder pad, sir. Good luck. You have peripheral vision. We need to fix that. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to bring, you can't bring Korbak's utter blight if you're running things that aren't demons. Okay. Cabanda and Samus, you have to run their bound form, but they're pretty much the same from what I can see. They're pretty similar. Okay. Uh, I don't really like that. I don't think that needed to be, like, I don't think we really needed that restriction. Are they trying to stop shenanigans or? Uh, what shenanigans? I don't see anything too crazy with these rules. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't take, like, a super deep dive into them, but nothing jumped out at me. It's like, oh, that's that's exploitable. Hmm. Okay, No. Continue. Anyway, so those are your, your etheric dominions, and they just blanket apply to everybody. They've got a few warlord traits. Uh, one of them is plus one attacks when you're locked in combat with an independent character. All models in a unit with a warlord who has this trait, including the war itself, get plus one strength when they're in combat with an independent character. And you get an extra movement phase reaction. So it kind of gives you like anti character yeah. stuff. The Entropic Force gives you damage mitigation against wounds inflicted by this Warlord. 
and any unit it's joined can only succeed on a roll of six. So it just tones down anything that's on a five up, four up. If you've got, you know, the Day of Sorrows, Crimson Paladins, with everything lining up, they have their three up, feel no pain. Yep. This guy says, nope. You, you get it on a six. No better. <laughs> now test my blade. Eternal Reveler, the Warlord, and his unit can declare charges in the assault phase even if they run. That's pretty cool. Uh, when charging, they can choose not to roll for charge distance and instead take it to the initiative of the Warlord. Mm. But if it does, the distance cannot be increased in any way, so you don't get your benefit for having high movement. You don't get your benefit for heedless slaughter. You can just choose, hey, I'm within my Warlord's initiative, and I'm in his unit. We're not even going to roll. We're just going to succeed. We're just going to hit that six. Yeah. Or seven. And then Walker of Paths. At the start of the battle, once everybody's deployed all their units and rolls to seize initiative have been made, select up to two demon units that are under their control and deployed to the battlefield. They may be removed from the battlefield and placed in reserve. And for each unit removed this way, you can deploy a unit from the demon type from reserves following the constraints of the mission being played. So the units chosen to be placed in reserve can enter the battlefield as normal or via the Herald of Unreality special rule, which is kind of like what the bound demons had where you have to make psychic checks to bring stuff out. Any demon can make it, any psyker can make it, or any warlord of that faction. Okay. So similar to how the bound demons work. Right. So this warlord trait kind of lets you do the old switcheroo. After everything's deployed. I know you want to kill this unit with your Daredeo, <laughs> but instead, I'll let you kill this unit with your Daredeo. <laughs> but yeah, that kind of covers all their like special rules and stuff, aside from their unit type stuff. That's kind of like your your Lord of War stuff. Yeah, your, yeah. Your Rights yeah. of War equivalent, things like that. Onto their units, they've got the Sovereign, which is kind of like a Demon Prince type character. Uh, he's got a handful of things he can take. There's different types of flight or wings, your miasmas, dark flames. Build your own demon. What I really wish they had done, he's got sovereign armaments that he can swap for a sovereign great blade. He's got two weapons, and there's mm-hmm. a whole bunch of blank space at the end of this document. Why are you going to make me flip all the way through this? And I know it's a nitpicky formatting thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that's one thing I like with the, the legacies unit, the exemplary battles units is... Okay, a bolter. I know what a bolter does. Oh, what does this unit have that's specific to them? Cool, just put it right there. All day. Don't make me go to the uh, <laughs> the back of the index to go look, learn what a plague blade is or something like that, right? Yeah. But, uh, so, four up invul save, three up armor save, bulky seven. It, will, it, just, it has, it will not die five up. For 350 points, that ain't bad. What's his initiative? Initiative is six. Hmm. Auto six. So charge. Take it back to fourth edition. It's pretty good. Yeah. Movement eight, weapon skill six, bliss skill five, strength seven, toughness six, seven wounds, initiative six, five attacks, leadership nine. Uh, demon character monstrous, etheric dominion X, etheric vulnerability, four up. It's a four up interval save that you cannot take against force weapons. Mm, yeah. There's not a ton of those around, but they're out there. Yeah, I mean, if these guys start to become a problem, maybe that librarian becomes a little, little more helpful. And uh, aren't the aren't uh, Garo? Isn't Garo's blade a force weapon? I think it is. Yeah, I'll look that up while you're talking about that. I think I think the 
pre Grey Knight. Grey Knights are uh, are force. Oh, yeah. yeah, the ethereal in- invulnerability. Yeah, cannot be made against force weapons. Empyrean Avatar. Uh, instant death becomes D three wounds instead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's got Herald of Unreality. So at the beginning of the battle, you can pick up to two units from the same detachment to just put them in reserve. And then you can make warp rifts. So he kind of does what the what the Esoteris does with making warp rifts, and they can still charge out of them the same way the Esoteris does. So you can keep demons in your back pocket and throw out little Pokeballs when you want them. Oh, man. They're not. Libertas is not a force weapon. Hmm. Sad and Polaris Rubio's weapon is also not a force weapon. Really? Yeah. Any psychos weapon ability you may choose psychic for checking, but blah blah blah. That's unfortunate. Right. Oh, okay. Blood. So it's a psychic weapon, but it's not. He has, he has psychic weapons, but not force weapons. Yeah. Okay. Sad. That's fine. So who does have force weapon? Is that just the librarians? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm assuming librarians have force weapons. I assume that, that Rubio and, and Garo had it. I, I guess they do. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. That's fine. So the sovereign weapons, he's got the sovereign armaments, which is a generic whatever he's got. Strength user, AP2, Brutal 2, Murder Strike 5 up, Immaterial Blades, AP1. So what that means is when you roll to wound, for each two wound roll of or armor penetration roll of six or higher, those wounds become the AP listed in brackets. So his sixes just become AP one and everything else is AP two. Nice. Okay. Uh, you could trade that for the sovereign great blade, which is strength plus three. So he goes up to strength 10 AP one brutal three murder strike five up unwieldy. Why do they make it AP one, but brutal three? I don't know. I guess uh, it's just demon prince with a thunder hammer, man. Really good at killing characters and tanks. So, yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess so you can use it on both sides. That's pretty nice. Yeah. The, the unwieldy kind of sucks, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, let's you go beat the shit out of tanks. As far as the, uh, the upgrades you can give them for being a demon, you can give them the psychic type and then a discipline, either biomancy, diabolism, pyromancy, or telepathy. You can give them immaterial wings, which basically give you movement 14, as well as Hammer of Wrath, or plus one to your Hammer of Wrath if you already have it, which I believe he does for being monstrous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Instead of the wings, you can take Etheric Flight, which gives you plus three to your movement. You can take Miasma of Rage, which gives you Rage 2. Dark Flame gives you a template weapon that is Strength 5, AP 5, 5-inch Torrent Fleshbane. You can take the Unmaking, which is a Strength 8, AP 1, 12-inch Assault 2 Armor Bane shot, which is pretty it's pretty rad. Yeah, I'm interested in a demon with Biomancy because he's already pretty thick. Oh, yeah. So now you're going to make him a little bit thicker? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Hell yeah, dude. Just Just tearing it up. So let's see here. If you give him Biomancy. Okay, there is an upgrade called Warp Forged Flesh, which gives you plus, or uh, improves your armor save by one to a maximum of two up. Nice. 
Yeah, so if you gave him Biomancy, that would give him the Psychic Focus for Biomancy. Which, the Psychic Power is Biomantic Augmentation. Yeah, plus one toughness, unless you want to take a Psychic check, and then it's plus one strength and toughness, right? Yeah, yeah. It, actually, it's plus one strength automatically, and then plus one okay. toughness if it's passed. Strength eight, toughness seven. Thick. Just three C's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not bad for 350 points, plus minus your upgrades. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, it's also a single unit within six inches, so he doesn't have to target himself. He can okay. make a th- some thick <laughs> guys around him. Okay, so for a little cheaper than that, we've got the Runestorm Demon Hierarch, which I believe is like a uh, Demon Lord type character, just kind of like a regular dude size guy. Mm-hmm. Movement eight, weapon skill five, blood skill four, strength five, toughness five, four wounds, initiative five, four attacks, leadership eight, three up save. Uh, he's got pretty much the same thing as the big guy does. Etheric Dominion is Ethereal Vulnerability four up, Imperial Avatar. It will not die six up instead of five up. He's only bulky five instead of bulky seven. Okay. And he's got the infernal armaments, which gives him strength user, AP three, brutal two, and immaterial blades, AP two. Okay. uh, I'm not mad at that. No. They're really slathering in the brutal with these guys. Yeah, I noticed. I mean, they're killing characters. Like, <laughs> like, like I'm looking at all of their melee weapons, and aside from demon armaments, which is your base level demon stuff, everything else is either murder, strike, or brutal. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them both. Don't fail those armor saves. <laughs> I feel like it's like tainted weapons. It's kind of like the, the vibe, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and they count as demonic weapons, if it matters. Nah, but makes sense. Yeah. It's like if you get poked by one of those, you're like, oh, <laughs> dang it. It's, it's already infected. Yeah, then, so after that, we've got the Harbinger, which I think is the one they've got right now where he can take the demon attendants, which I think are the, like, brute level mm-hmm. demons. Okay, yeah. Uh, he's 135 points. Uh, their bullets is skill three, strength four, three wounds, but otherwise they're pretty similar. Initiative five, four attack, three, or three attacks instead of four attacks. Uh, but they get, they take up to three of the demon attendants, which have higher strength. Like bodyguard kind of homies? Yeah. And they've got the same the same rules. Herald of Unreality. The attendants get Hammer of Wrath. They can only take the Etheric Conduit, which gives you the psychic powers. The Miasma of Rage, which is Rage, or the Warp Forge Flesh. And that's only on the character. So you can't like stack a unit of dudes with the psychic powers with this. Interesting. Okay. But he's only 135 points for the guy by himself, which I'm not mad at. No, it's pretty cheap. Uh, He's not an independent character, so he doesn't get to just go with units of demons. That's okay. Which so far, none of these have been independent characters. Like they're all just running solo if you got them. They're just normal. Yeah. Then you've got the, the brutes by themselves. They've got movement eight, weapon skill five, blood skill three, strength five, toughness five, three wounds, initiative five, three attacks, leadership seven, four up. These are 135 points a piece. Does sound very similar. Or 135 for three of them. And these are just 
the exact same profile as what you can take on the uh, attendant or the harbinger. Right. And they're 40 points each. You can take up to nine of them in a squad. It's a thick ass squad. Just, just rolling up in force. Just a linebacker squad. Yeah. And they've also got the infernal arc, arg, uh, infernal arg, armaments. So just tongue, tw- tongue twister today. Brutal all day. Yeah. Brutal two, AP three, uh, six, two wounds become AP two. That's wild. Yeah. These are just beating just the shit hands. out of space Marines. Just hit them with the Hulk hands. <laughs> just, just, just three jack dudes just bullying the shit out of some space marines <laughs> you said the whole cans I gotta show you something later okay I'm looking forward to that uh, still in the elite slot we've got demon beasts we get him three to a unit for 110 points movement 10 weapon skill 4 plus skill 3 strength 5 toughness 4 3 wounds initiative 4 3 attacks leadership 7 5 up save so I think these are like uh, corn dogs. Like, so I don't mind these guys. It's, you know, you get three of them. They go up to nine. You can give them flight. And any model can take the immaterial flame instead of their demon augment, demon armaments. Okay. So the immaterial flame is like a, uh, say, st- strength user, AP4 flamer. Okay. Okay. And so, every model gets that? Uh, every model can swap their demon armaments, which is their close combat weapon, for that. So if they take that, they're not getting the uh, AP4, AP3 on sixes. Mm, but uh, So I guess this is a way to make like a flamer squad, is what we're talking here? Pretty much. Uh, I don't. Are flamers like high movement? Do flamers move quick? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because these guys are moving 10. Yeah, and those are also uh, 10 models in a unit? Uh, they go up to 9. Dude, nine ten, movement, ten flamers. Strength five. Yeah, that's bonkers, dude. No. Uh, <laughs> They're not torrent, right? No. Okay, just make no, sure. No, no, no. It's yeah. just a strength user AP4 assault one template. That's great. Nine uh, of them. That's bonkers. Imagine the disrespect. You hit some salamanders with those. They're like, oh, hey, I get my. No, you don't. It's a demonic weapon, not a flame weapon. How dare you? <laughs> How this is demonic flame. <laughs> that is nuts though, dude. That's like you could set up some pretty bonkers level stuff with that. With with movement ten, that's nuts. So nine of them, that'd be like uh two hundred and ninety points. That's plus expensive. Forty five points for the flamers. Three wounds. Three hundred thirty five points for that? No, it's not that good. Three wounds? Uh yeah 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 that that that's in line with old flamers like where they came out and they made blue flamers pink flamers blue flamers all that the horrors oh yeah yeah the yeah, horrors yeah. were the ones that split into the from pink to blue and then blue to the brimstone oh yeah 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 I'm probably getting that backwards no 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 yeah the, no flamers are fast they were tough too not yeah, land are- raider expensive but you know yeah if you put that many points into this unit that's going to roll up and throw templates down and your your opponent's terminators are going to be like all right cool here's my two up oh i failed a couple let me re-roll them yeah yeah because the heavy's out there like crazy yeah mm. Nah, i just take the weapons that makes sense yeah you i don't know it's just it's like it's like other than support squads carrying for, a bunch of for flamers. three attacks each i think the weapons are doing better yeah no you're right you're right 
it's cool that it's an option and they do still get those three attacks. Like all their trading is AP four, maybe AP three. So other than that, we move on to the troops. We've got lesser demons, movement seven, weapon skill four, bliss skill three, strength four, toughness four, one wound, initiative four, two attacks, leadership seven, five up save. That's pretty close to a Marine stat line. Not as good shooting, not as good leadership. Definitely not as good of a save. Uh, you do get ten of them for 120 points. Ten points after the ten points each after the fact. Uh, they also are very similar. They come with the demon ar- demon armaments for AP four, possibly AP three, but they get the option to swap those out for the immaterial projectiles, which is going to be 18 inches strength user AP four assault two. Mm. So, I don't know how you feel about those. They're they're your rank and file line troops. And they do have line; they can cap objectives. I would like them in outflank. That'd be great. I well, keep in mind you can just drop these out of portals. Yeah, no, yeah, that's what I'm kind of getting at. Is you just say, "Hey, I want this dude in your squad." Uh, hopefully, I roll some sixes, right? Yeah, like if you have your esoterist have one of these units in his back pocket, mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, let me go ahead and throw these guys on that objective. Yeah, or into because they can deal some serious damage on like your smaller like a, uh, uh, like uh, I'm thinking you know support squads, heavy support squads, and all that jazz. Like things oh, get yeah. like a little mean at that level, especially if you've cleared out an artifice or armor or anything like that. You know, they can deal some damage to some assault squads. Like, they're seriously doing some that, work. That five-up save, you bump their toughness with your biomancy, give them the right ethereal dominion, you're re-rolling that five-up. Yeah, that's a good, that's yeah, a cool little squad. Especially for, you know, the... And they do have five-up invuls. Meat and potatoes. Yeah, no, five-up invuls. Not laughing. Not 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 laughing <laughs> at that. I mean, it ain't bad on your, your, your 10 points a model guy. Yeah, no. Uh, also... Uh, one of my favorite types of demons, you got the demon swarms in like firmly in your troop slot. And these are the, like the nurglings. Yeah. So for 80 points, you get five of them, five bases. And this is what, like five, six wounds a piece, uh, movement, eight, uh, threes for weapon skill, bliss skill, strength, toughness, four wounds. Okay. Initiative three, two attacks, leadership, six, six up, save ethereal vulnerability, six up. Uh, swarm. Oh, they got support squad though. Okay, that's fine. So they're not capping objectives. I'm not really worried about that. Well, they can cap objectives. They're still line. Oh, I thought. Oh, okay. okay. It just means they can't be your compulsory troops, right? But I guess if you're taking an esoteric, that doesn't matter. No, you're sending in a swarm of nerglings, and they're only 15 points each after the fact. You can have up to 10 of these guys running around. So 40 wounds you have to get through, but you could probably well so. The swarm rule gives them uh, uh, can't instigate can't, it's a killed right, so like the only awesome. toughness three. So if you smack them with like a melt a gun, is swarm in the core rule book? I don't know. I think so. If it is, I'm gonna be a little upset. I didn't see it in the list of their special rules. Well, I don't think there is another swarm out there. Yeah, it's, we just have these holdover ru- rules in the core rule book. So we've been waiting on this like I don't know. Oh yeah, here's swarm special rule. Read that out for me. So swarm means if a model with a swarm special rule suffers an unsaved wound from any blast 
or template weapon. Unless that wound has the instant death special rule, each unsaved wound is multiplied to two unsaved wounds. Oh. So they're they're hurt by blast. And they're not immune to instant death. So you can't just smack them with a, Damn. an auto cannon squad and wipe out the whole swarm. That is, uh, I'm going to say unfortunate. What are the rules they have? They had... They have a six-up save, a six-up invulnerable save. Yes. Uh, etheric Dominion, Etheric Invulnerability, Swarm, and Support. They are not immune to instant death. Dang. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of strength, strength six up strength out there. Strength six just kills the whole base. Yeah, Daredeo is... Oh, power base. <laughs> yeah, dude. A... <laughs> hey, uh, Blood Angels, a Bale Predator, <laughs> is murdering that whole squad. Mm. That's okay, though. That's uh, that's unfortunate. You, I, you, you play them smart, you can have good... Yeah. Because uh, what's going to happen is, like, there's a lot of Strength 6 stuff in shooting. Yes. But not a lot of Strength 6 stuff in combat. Right. So if you get them in combat, you portal them in, because you can charge out of that portal, right? For sure. Yeah. So portal them in, charge a... Blast cannon squad has been giving you problems, right? You got Blast cannon squad's gonna overwatch these guys off the table. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. They're gonna waste it on a bunch of little little giblets. They're gonna waste it on uh, what 150 points of nerglings. That's what I'm saying. It's like you're gonna shoot at that, or you're gonna shoot a Cabanda who's coming on with his portal. What are you doing? And whichever one well, they no, choose, they'll, they'll no, they'll react to Cabanda's showing up on the table. They'll intercept a Cabanda and then overwatch these guys. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying they're not gonna overwatch Cabanda's charge on them. Well, no, because these guys are charging first. Yeah, the screening. That's what I'm saying. These guys well, are then they'll overwatch these guys because it doesn't matter. If I don't overwatch them, I'm in combat. That's it. Yeah, I'm saying. This is screen. This is screens. Yeah. 150 point screeners. Yeah. And if right. they do, if like three of them go by, now you're in a tar pit of like nerglings crawling in your armor. <laughs> just having a, having a blast, farting in your with stuff. Their, with their web skill three. And Giving everybody three. pink eye. <laughs> he farted in my helmet. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, for, I don't, I don't mind them for troops. I kind of wish they weren't support squad, or they had something that prevented them from just getting instant death. Because mm. that's kind of always been one of the things with nerglings. Like, okay, you can instant death a nergling off the base. You know, mm. like if blast weapons are going to hurt them more, I think they should get some kind of protection against instant death. Nobody takes blast right now. Nobody. Yeah, I mean, th- this is. It's, <laughs> This is a very spammable unit that will make a lot of games unfun. <laughs> like <laughs> if you play it the right way, like, I mean, you can only take up to four of them. Three. If you're not actually running demons, you only get to run three demon units. If you're playing an esoterist, oh, bless. I don't know. So from there, we move on to fast attack where we have their cavalry. 150 points gives you five cavalry. Which, for Blood Crushers, that's like a lot. But I'm thinking more like the Slanesh Demon Riders. Yeah, yeah. You got Movement 12, Weapon Skill 4, Bliss Skill 3, Strength 4, Toughness 4, 2 Wounds, Initiative 4, 2 Attacks, six up, or Leadership 6, 4 Up, with a 5 Up Invul Save. They've got Demon Armaments, and they can trade them for Immaterial Projectiles. They're pretty, uh, pretty basic, I guess. I don't know what they're doing. They're just kind of running around harassing stuff. They're mm. basically lesser demons with better movement. Yeah. 
Yeah. They're unit type demon. They don't get any of the cavalry rules. They're just high movement running around. I don't know. Like a lot of these units just kind of don't get anything. Yeah, I don't really feel like... Uh, like, the same thing that people are complaining about right now in 40k, where, oh, these units, they have heirloom weapons. Everything in the kit is just an heirloom weapon. Yep. does it's They're not different. There's no difference between my claws, scything talons, the swords that you give them. Like, they're all demon armaments. And so they all just kind of do the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And that stops a lot of shenanigans from happening. I just, I miss the modularity of the old rules. But it also, modularity meant that you could make some weird situations happen, you know? And that's what I'm here for. Well, they're not there to fix it, so. I guess I'm not just, I'm not super excited about these rules, and I understand a lot of people are just kind of like, okay, cool. Thanks for the demons. Why, Why didn't we, why couldn't we get this a year ago? Thanks for the white codex that has black written demons on the front of it. Yeah. Yeah, there's le- uh, less production in this than in the exemplary battles mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. Uh, Thanks for the PDF, guys. Yeah. Uh, we also got the Demon Harriers. 150 points for 10 of them. I think these are like your Furies, where they have uh, better movement. Yeah, the little manta rays, floating manta rays. Yeah, because they have the immaterial wings where they can act. Or that's the Screamers. Oh. The Furies are like the, the, yeah, the yeah, neutral yeah, yeah, yeah. demons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so these have movement 7, but they have the immaterial wings, so they can pump it up to 14. Strength, uh, weapon skill 4, blue skill 4, strength 4 times 4, 1 wound. Initiative 4, 1 attack, leadership 7, 5 up save, 5 up invul. They can trade their demon armaments for immaterial projectiles. So they, they do the same thing that the rest of the demons do. But also really good harassers. Like a lot of, like pretty much this entire list is like harassers. Like, yeah, the, the start for the, of the rest, show. For the rest of your army to do other stuff. Yeah, this, the ones with the options are like your your uh, sovereign, your, not even so much your beasts, but your behemoths and your archdemons. Right. So the fast attack, not super impressive. Uh, heavy support, we get into the greater Ruinstorm demon beasts. 150 points gets you a greater beast at movement 8, weapon skill 4, blue skill 3, strength 5, toughness 5, 5 wounds, initiative 3, 4 attacks, leadership 6, 4 up save. Not a lot of great leadership around I'm seeing. And with demons, when they fail that uh, leadership checks, instead of falling back, they just take wounds. They glitch out, yeah. So, I'm, I, to me, the profile isn't so exciting that I see that as like a good drawback. And what is the like? What are these supposed to be represented by on the field? It's like a uh, this. I think this would probably be more like a blood crusher. Okay. And they've got infernal armaments, which are the AP three, possibly AP two ones. Okay. And you can take up to three of them. One hundred twenty-five points after the first hammer of wrath, three up, five up, uh, ethereal invulnerability. Okay. But they don't really get options. That's just kind of they is what they is. Which, movement eight, it ain't bad. They get the good weapons. Yeah. The thing is, you're going to be quickly... You'll be able to quickly identify this, but like everything else will be so busy dealing with all the fast stuff that when these things get there, now you're in trouble. 
Yeah, I will say the Hammer of Wrath and then not having a lot of the crazy, like crazy weapons. Like that Hammer of Wrath is just a true strength five hit. You're just, and it is monstrous. So it, it does get the benefit of the monstrous unit type. Mm-hmm. Like I worry about these lists. Like I think about them and I think about, oh, if I were to run my Blood Angels with uh, Day of Revelation, right? I fall in, right? And I'm going for big units and all this jazz to fight against. Well, they charge me and lock me up with all these little giblet units, all this yeah. little stuff that has five plus of vulnerable saves, so I can't just sweep through and kill everybody, right? I've got a... There's stuff that's going to live through this stuff. Yeah, through my you're going to win combat. They're going to fail their mor- morale check, and they're not going to go anywhere. Yeah, they're going to be right there. And then as these little hordes are holding me down then the brutes the arch demons all that stuff those are going to be brought onto the table for that easy charge yeah and it's like oh man now my my uh blood angels assault squad or my you know my uh, uh dawn breakers or you know they're stuck and it's and like really it's I don't know. Invulnerable saves being scattered through everything is bonkers, dude. That's wild. It's not a great invulnerable save, but it's still wild because other other armies would just be like, hey, just go ahead and take that off the table for me. Like, just get that out of here. Yeah, not to mention, so going back and looking at the demon unit type, mm-hmm. they baked in the uh, strength augmentation mm-hmm. that they used to have. So on turns one and two, they're at plus one strength and toughness. Mm-hmm. Including the little giblet demons? Yes. So they're toughness four? Yeah. <laughs> you get true toughness oh four. my god. And then your uh your arch demon or your uh your sovereign. He's running in strength eight, turn one, anyway. Yeah, that's that's nonsense, dude. It's like a dang toughness four four in those little swarms. I mean that's good. That's yeah. good with invulnerable saves? Yeah. Like that's really good. Like I know it doesn't sound like off the rip. It doesn't have like, there's so much stuff, but just how many of them you get with that. Yeah. Like, like it's not super exciting for like an elite unit, but this is an elite unit, right? These are your just regular dudes. Yeah. Your regular dudes. Like if this was a space Marine squad and you shot a bunch of last cannons at it, right? Nobody's getting a save, right? They're getting saves. They're yeah. getting insta killed, but they're still getting saves. Like it's, it, it's a very even playing field for this kind of stuff. It's pretty bonkers, dude. That's uh, like the whole list just having vulnerable saves. I know it's like classic demons, but like pretty wild to see. And because there's a lot of stuff that just shoots you off the table now. It's like, don't get any saves. Oh, that unit's going to shoot me. Let me just pick it up and take it out of here. Like these, even that playing field where it's like, well, they can't just die. And you, you needed to shoot me off the table to survive this because I'm faster than you. I'm more agile than you. My list is... It's, I, I, I feel like uh, this is kind of like the old school like Dark Eldar list. Like extremely fast units, kind of glass cannons in some cases, but like persistent, persistently pushing against you. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it, man. It's going to be wild. Yeah, uh, so that bonus does go away turn three, and then turn five, it goes to a minus one for their strength and toughness. By that point, the game's probably already decided. Yeah, I've already got all my nurgling swarms in your shit already. If you're on turn seven for some reason, you're at minus two, but that's like a weird situation. The only thing I've seen that causes that is some of the uh, Imperial Fist or uh, Iron Warriors things where they had... uh, 
certain units or certain like warlord traits on character that force like that. an additional turn. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't know how many of those ported to this new edition. Not too many. No. Uh, it is worth noting all demons have have the fear special rule. Mm, significant, especially when you it doesn't stack or anything like that. So it's not. No, no fear is just kind of like a binary check. But if you're a if you are a demon player, just always keep that in your mind because anytime anybody takes a leadership test around you. Make sure you're calculating that fear in there. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Isn't there a psychic discipline that gives you additional fear? I'm not sure. I want to say there was. I want to say there was like a, I don't know. I will look that up. Okay. You keep doing your thing. So uh, next up in the heavy sport is the Ruinstorm Demon Behemoth, which to me kind of screams a greater demon. Where you've got uh, 350 points for movement eight, weapon skill four, ballistic skill four. What? Maybe this isn't. Strength seven, toughness six, seven. Okay, seven wounds. Yeah. Initiative three, five attacks, leadership seven, three up save. It's got the infernal armaments, which are the good ones, but not the really good ones. The uh, AP three that could be AP two. He's got the Empyrean Avatar. Hammer of Wrath 3, it will not die 5 up, bulky 7, and traitor. Uh, so he's got a 3 up save, 4 up invul save. He can take Immaterial Wings, Etheric Flight, Miasma of Rage, Warp Forward Flesh, or Dark Flame. So you can't give him the Psychic Powers, but you can give him Flight, or Rage, or a better Armor Save. And instead of the Infernal, Ar- infernal Armaments, he can take a Behemoth Blade, which is Strength User, AP2, Brutal 3, Sunder, and Immaterial Blades, AP1. So that's at, like, Strength 8 at the beginning of the game. Yeah, Strength 8, Brutal 3, Sunder, and on a 6, he gets AP1. Mm. Blow stuff up. I'd like to math hammer what that looks like against a uh, Stone Gauntlet (laughs) Terminator (laughs) squad with Storm Shields. I suppose. Because they get... The re-rolls, right? They get the re-rolls on vulnerable saves, which they got to take. Yeah, but he's doing brutal three. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, that's why I want to see the the like the math hammer on it. Like, who's yeah. how many is he taking with him? <laughs> like, because he's insta killing them, right? It's strength eight. Yeah, strength eight on turn one. Yeah, bonkers. Like, if he's there in your face, beating you up your terminators, like that's an answer. And you could just take a unit of these in your space marines. Yeah. Just have your esoterics keep them in the back pocket. Just goes, oh, there's a problem. Spit them out. Oops. Oops, look what I dropped. Yeah. And then moving on to Lords of War, which anybody or anybody can't just take these. Traitors. No, if you can only run these in your Lord of War if you're running them as your primary detachment. Oh, okay, okay. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, you'd yeah. have to run just Cabanda or Samus. Okay, okay. Which if you can run Cabanda, I don't know why you wouldn't be able to take the Runestorm Archdemon, but... We're looking at 500 points for a big lad at 8 movement, weapon skill 7, bliss skill 5, strength 8, toughness 8, 8 wounds, initiative 6, 6 attacks, leadership 9, 3 up. So he's got the good stats coming in, strength and toughness 9 on turn 1. Behemoth Blade, he's got that stock. And he can take either, you can give him up to 3 of the options of 
etheric conduit, which is the psychic psychic powers. You can give him wings or flight. You can give him rage. You can give him the warp forged flesh. You can give him the dark flame or the unmaking. Dark flame is like that uh, uh, Volkite shot. The unmaking is like the Melta. And are these supposed to be like uh, the four big demons from Forge World? Is that what these are supposed to be? That's kind of what I'm feeling. Okay. Is and it's it? like you pick what parts you want to do to make them and all that jazz. Like to make him, what is it, Angrath Unbound? Is it a... I think so. Like if you want to take him, then cool. You give him the wings. You give him the miasma of rage and maybe Warforged Flesh. Okay. And yeah. So that gives him that two up save, four up in bowl. Flying, Rage, Behemoth Blade. If you want to take the Thousands, or not the Thousands, the uh, Lord, the Lord of Change, Lord of Change you give them the Etheric Conduit and Wings, maybe Dark Flame or Unmaking. Mm-hmm. Keeper of Secrets and then the Great Unclean one. Yeah. But like the big version, not like the Forge World big version, not your baby. Yeah, not your plastic ones. These are, these are the big ones. They get the like... Resin. These have True Eternal Chunk. Warrior. They've got Hammer of Wrath D3. Like these guys are doing some hits. How many wounds do they have each? Uh, they only got eight. Hmm. Oh, you could probably use a plastic. <laughs> you probably use a plastic loader change for these. Cabanda is eight wounds. Yeah, he's not much bigger than a normal bloodthirster, though. Is he really? Yeah, he's about the same size. Oh. Angrath is huge. Like that dude's massive. Yeah, I've seen Angrath. I've not seen the the Cabanda in person yet. So he's like substantially smaller than the Angrath. Yes, he's my my car. <laughs> he's uh, not very big. He's oh, dang. He's like the size of a like the new Angron, just like a bloodthirster size bloodthirster. Yeah. yeah, he's not big. Damn, he's not Angrath. Angrath is monstrous. Well, that's unfortunate. It's Angrath, right? I'm pretty sure it's Angrath. I know that is one of the named bloodthirsters. Yeah. Anyway, so moving on in our Lords of War, we've got Cabanda Unbound. Demon General of Cygnus. Yes, that's Angrath. Coming in at 575 points. He looks pretty close, to, identical to the Bound version. Like, he's still got the Eternal Rivalry. He still has the Scythe of Hatred. I'm pretty much just kind of co- just calling him similar profile. Okay. Uh, we've also got Korbax Utter Blight Unbound. I don't believe he was in the Bound Demon rules. And he's coming in at 430 points. Movement 7, weapon skill 7, blitz skill 5. Strength 7, toughness 8, 9 wounds. Initiative attacks 5. Leadership 10, 4 up save. Uh, demon, character, monstrous, psyker, unique. Uh, he may always be selected as your warlord, even if he's not part of the primary detachment or an HQ choice. If he is, he gets Lord of Decay, which gives all demons... With the Putrid Corruption Etheric Dominion within three inches of him, they can re-roll failed damage mitigation rolls. Okay, so you're showing me... That's Angrath on the left versus a Bloodthirster on the right. Okay, the Bloodthirster on the right is definitely the Forge World one. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. My my right is the... That's Plastic Bloodthirster, that's Angrath. Okay. Bonkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing is huge. Okay, so he lets uh, Putrid Corruption Demons re-roll damage mitigation rolls from Putrid Corruption, as well as Feel No Pain special rolls. I don't know which demons are having Feel No Pain. 
He has noisome tide of flesh. He suffers no penalty for charging through difficult terrain, which is good because for a while that's kind of what you did with demons because none of them have frag grenades. Uh, in addition, whenever he's destroyed, nearby units suffer a strength six hit for each model within five inches. That is not a demon. Any unit that suffers one or more hits from this must take an immediate pinning check as they are covered with gross goo. Okay, yeah. Uh, he's got the Noxious Maw, which is strength plus one, AP two, murder strike four. So it's just coming in at base strength eight with murder strike four up is pretty good. That's very good. And then he is a Psyker and he gains Biomancy at no additional points cost. So that's fun. So you can pump a squad up to him or himself. Yeah. And then Samus looks pretty identical to the Samus rules in the Bound Demons. Samus is here. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Not not super exciting on paper. I'm interested to kind of see what it comes out to be in, in practice. I think it's substantial. I like it's not it's absolutely game changing the list itself. Like this is not like there's a lot of space. Like right now we're in this weird stage where it's a lot of space Marine on space Marine. So, you know what's going on, you yes. know, it's prayer fair for, I would say that this is, if it got enough traction behind it to where people start playing this as another force and started bringing this, this is a meta changing kind of army to it. Yeah. A lot of what's good against these units are stuff that you're not taking. Right, right. Like, you would have to build your army to take... Like, if you were playing in an event and you were playing your, you know, White Scars list, this badass list that's good at killing Space Marines, and you ran into this Demons list, which can be tuned to kill Space Marines, and, like, I don't think this list would be good against killing other Demons or even Mechanicus. I don't think it'd be good at killing. Or even uh, uh, Militia. Like, I think this is very good at killing Space Marines. And I don't think Space Marines out the box and what you're taking right now is good at killing demons. <laughs> and so yeah. I, it's, it's like truly like the Horus Heresy. Like when they first saw demons, like, what the hell are these things? I'm going to eat this bug. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I like that it exists. I kind of, I, I understand a lot of the people not super enthusiastic about it. Because what I liked about the old rules was that you could customize everything every which way. And if you you could pretty much force anything into the game by tuning demons to fit it. You could run Eldar. And just instead of your warp rifts, you've got your little webway gates. And you give them the give them the upgrades that kind of made them feel more like Eldar. Mm -hmm. And you could do the same for orcs, run them kind of like how you'd run the Bloodthirsters and Bloodletters. Like there there's ways. Like you could really tune the old demon system to fit damn near anything. Yeah, no, for sure. And this one, it just kind of seems really like stock and bland. Like, okay, all of your lesser demons are like this, unless you upgrade them to be the like the gun. Like they all have this weapon, or they all have this weapon. Which kind do you want? And the etheric dominion doesn't kind of change them up enough. I feel for it to kind of represent a whole bunch of different kinds of demons. Now I get what you're saying there. It kind of feels like, uh, remember that show, um, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends? Yeah. Like, 
the friends that were like for the babies that they didn't like fully know how to make into creatures yet. <laughs> they were just like the scribbles. Do you remember those? I think so. Yeah. It was like a bunch of scribbles. Like it was imaginary friends, but like they weren't, they were like kind of formless a little bit. Yeah. They're formless. It was just like a bunch of scribbles. And so like, it was like, they weren't like true imaginary friends. They were just like scribbles or like geometric shapes. That's what it feels like. It feels like there's like, a shadow of a friend inside there. It's like a, there's there's a demon there, but he's not formed yet. He didn't have his personality yet. He's not there. Yeah, I suppose. But still fun. I mean, they're still friends. Yeah, <laughs> they're still demons. Or in this case, they are still demons. <laughs> they, they do everything demons need to do. They got invul saves you can't turn off, and they've, unless you have force weapons. Which yeah. who has force weapons these days? Maybe you need to start bringing a you know little little babysitter psyker. If librarians were as good as they were last edition, I could see a lot more people taking librarians, but like librarians are a hefty choice in that HQ slot. That very, very competing against some real stuff. Yeah. For not a lot of like for now, it's like, don't you worry the library. Oh, he's dead. Cause brutal three. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) He died so fast. (laughs) Yeah. That lightsaber doesn't do good when, uh, you know, you've got some dude with like 30 (laughs) when you have, 30 attacks with uh with tainted weapons stabbing you. Yeah. So don't worry guys. I'll kill the Oh, oh goodness, I'm dead. <laughs> Somebody pick it up. Pick up the force weapon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe you bring some nullificators. That ain't happening. That ain't <laughs> not even in your best day you bring nullificators. I'll tell you right now. Well, so only a few of these are actually protected from instant death. So you hit them with that disintegrator? Oh, yeah, they're dying. Yeah. Big boy is dying. Not biggest boy, but big no, boy. Not, not, the, not the chonkiest of lads, but, you know. They're fun. Yeah, I really don't know how to feel about it because I don't... Uh, I, I'm not good enough at parsing how it plays just from reading over the rules rules for it. I'll TTS you right now. Let's fucking handle this. <laughs> I'll find out. Yeah, I mean, that's gonna be what it takes. <laughs> like, what if, like, we just do the math and we're like, oh, these guys are absolutely buck wild. We'll get, we'll lock ourselves in a room with two computers. <laughs> <and laughs> come out six days later, just completely just trash my new list idea. Like, I'm doing demons now. I'm doing demons. I figured it out. It's all in the numbers, man. <laughs> we didn't need AI. We just locked ourselves in a room and just kept doing it. But yeah, that's that's the list, man. It's not as spooky as I'd have hoped it would have been. Yeah, it's okay. A lot of the people I know who've historically played demons are very not pleased with it. They're not not excited for it. They're not. They see it as like a, kind of like a wet fart of a rules drop. Yeah, not a full-fledged poop. Or it's like, like just hey, a fart. This, what took this long for to make this? No, I feel that. This feels like the same level of release as like the Legacies did. Yeah. It, They're like, eh, we don't really want them to be out there, but here you go. Remember when the, the 1.0 rule set dropped, and then because it was no longer using the 7th edition format, it was like, oh, demons are just now no longer have a rule. Mm-hmm. Here's some like cookie cutter lesser demon profile, greater demon profile. Yeah, this is way better than that. I wouldn't say way better. 
It's a lot better than that. Hey, come on, dude. You I can't. Mean, don't compare to that nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like the lesser demon profile here looks very much like the lesser demon profile from the other one. Where it's like, oh, here's your lesser demon profile. You want option A or you want option B? No, I see that. I guess, I don't know. I, it feels like they're not really pushing demon sales is what it feels like. Maybe whenever the 40K Demons Codex gets updated. It'd be nice. They'll revisit it and be like, hey, by the way, these guys got really good all of a sudden, but doubtful. Yeah, like to me, it really seems like they kind of left it open to come back in the future and do something cooler. Yeah, it's a holdover because they have been neglecting heresy is what it feels like. Yeah. And it hurts It hurts to say, but that's kind of what it felt like. They, they're focused on this. They're focused on that. They've been pushing for a while this perception that it's the heresy is like the third pillar of their, their model where they've got 40K, Age of Sigmar, and heresy. Uh, it don't feel like that. No. Yeah, they've definitely been... Uh Need to show it some love. They need to show it some love. That's for sure. Yeah. But all right, man. That's all I got. That is all I have as well. So we appreciate you guys for listening. Thank oh, you. Yeah. Uh, if you want to join the conversation and get into this, uh, Warhammer Discord dot com. Go hop in there. Go hop with a bunch of great dudes and uh, oh, and yeah. and ladies. Always and a good time in there. Always a good time. Get to see some work progress for painting. Get to see some, get some examples of how you should be painting. Some critiques in there. Everybody's uh, been memeing on the new Skitari Longboy. Yeah, there's a ton of memes <laughs> in there going on. If you need some new content, they go post on your Facebook page to get some some lols. Oh, it's yeah. it's in there. Uh, I'm about to go post up that Hulk hands TikTok that I just showed Derek while y'all were. It's a good one. That's, <laughs> that's what I picture those demon brutes doing to Space Marines. So uh, go check it out, guys. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, if you are Hell yeah. listening to this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anything like that, please go give it a review. It does help us out, good or bad. Uh, please give us a review, too. Let us know what you think. Share it with your friends. Let them know. Thank you, guys. Hell yeah. Thanks for stopping by.